start trampolining. All right, let us continue. Um, the Is there an incel app? Isn't every app an incel app? Thanks for the subscription, Mike. Thanks for the subscription, John Thor. I'll reset everything so that the little um, bell isn't so loud. Lloyd Miller says, 2020 is the first year I didn't catch a cold. Right. Well, that might have been because you were socially distanced. And I still wonder why the people who are voluntarily masking before the mandate are waiting for a mandate to lock down. If you believe that we should have a mask mandate, like the March for Your Lives crew, which that's the group that started after Parkland, March for Our Lives because of the guns. Then it became for the environment or whatever. But they're actually advocating for compulsory, mandatory masking for everyone forever. And I'm like, fine, that's cool, but do it to yourself first. I'm tired of people without masks telling me to wear masks. And that's constantly happening. The, the mayor of Baltimore is the one who really, really made me realize that this has either got to be just hypocrisy or strategy. Like they're deliberately trying to give us cognitive dissonance to where most people don't notice that Big Brother's not wearing a mask when he tells you to wear a mask. Okay, let's continue. Vaccine hesitancy is a symptom of people's broken relationship with the state. How many times have you heard me say that this vaccine is nothing more than a schism in society? That it's there to separate the people who have faith in establishment media and science from those who don't. That ultimately, it's about your relationship to power. That it's not a coincidence that the pro-mandatory vaxxers are the gun grabbers. Well, here's the Guardian pointing it out here. They say that this, this hesitancy is a result of people having broken the relationship with Big Brother. And what's more, this article even suggests that people have lost faith in government. Like lost faith in government. Um, how is that a bad thing? Here's a tweet from Ray Kuyenga. I may disagree with my anti-vax followers, but I haven't seen a single one of them laugh at those dying of COVID or wishing death on vaxxed people. Yeah, that's true. The sociopaths are on the left. They always have been. The environmentalists have always been misanthropes. Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, what's up, Tim? How you doing? I was listening to that other guy talking about the spike protein situation. And um, so my girlfriend is currently pregnant, and she's like, this has been the worst pregnancy, I think, in, in the history of mankind. Well, I mean, I mean... All right, I'm cutting off this uh, replay. I think we already heard from that caller about the... What is it? Reverse? What do you call this? It's like a reverse pandemic where now you, you have the pandemic of the unvaccinated, now you have a pandemic of the vaccinated because the vaccinated are spreading something to the unvaccinated, according to rumors, which I don't believe. I'll be right back. Let me go ahead and send out the final notification. This is Lucifer Tim.
All right, thank you everyone for joining. This is again the official Flat Earth International Anthem by Lucifer Tim. You can get all the tracks that you hear at Infinite Plane Radio. Just go to InfinitePlaneSociety.com and scroll down until you get the listing. I see a number of people have already joined us in chat. We've been off for a couple of days. I've been doing some work at the Dark Matter Network. I'm resuming duties program manager, and a lot of interesting things are going to come out of that network here very soon. All right, going through some comments. Aku Nukem says it's called protein shedding. Yeah, I understand the last thing that was playing before I jumped on had to do with people claiming that they're getting side effects from being around people who have been injected. The unjected are claiming. And I actually found something today where it's like discrimination, but it's coming from the other side now. So you have Airbnb owners who are telling vaccinated people to stay out of their homes. This is from kairosfellows.org. Tell Airbnb to get their anti-vaxxers off the platform. So what you actually have, if you want to describe it properly, is you have anti-pro-vaxxers discriminating. That's what they're doing. Anti-pro-vaxxers are discriminating when, you know, it's really, it's, it's fair considering that the pro-maskers and the pro-mandatory vaxxers are discriminating against the other side. So it's all fair game. Anti-pro-vax discrimination via Airbnb. Says Airbnb has joined other platforms in allowing COVID-19 misinformation to spread with no plan to stop it. A cabin in Montana was listed and it said, quote, no vaccinated guests policy. See, that's fascinating. It's Again, it's their right. It's their home. It says the last thing that we need here is for Airbnb, the largest accommodations provider in the world, to give anti-vaxxing a platform. I've also, but this is fair. You know, Apple just removed a dating platform for the unjected. So it, it, you know, it's really just a matter of, I guess, the government's trying to curate culture, and they see us all as more or less farm animals. And they want to make sure they control the breeding process so that they don't have any uh, breakaways that they don't control. Knockout Bear says contaminated Airbnb, Cooties BNB. Yeah, I, I don't have anything to say about Airbnb. It just to me, it's, if it's a private business, it's a private business, but they have rules. I mean, I think Ubers are all masked right now. They're all masked and driving. And they have a policy. And, you know, what, what can they do? They're caught in the middle of this. I don't hold it against the businesses that have to abide by the madness of a global religion that's being systematically imposed with zero resistance. I mean, there's some resistance, but it's very much misled. So a few topics I wanted to talk about. The, the MAGA bomber, which we predicted. The killer in California, the guy with the spear, the harpoons that killed his kids, which we kind of predicted. Uh, Murder Hornets, Owen Schroyer, uh, son of Alex Jones, is going to jail. Um, Anti-pro-vax discrimination we just talked about. And then the pillow guy says Trump will be back by January. So those who were expecting him back on the 13th didn't happen. 22nd didn't happen, but January. So he's not making any like Christmas promises, but you're going to get your president back. Just be patient. Just trust the plan. 
61119 says, if you think the U.S. military have left Afghanistan, you are an idiot. I don't know what to think about it. I mean, when I look at that plane, it looks like something out of that movie Airplane. You know, it's like it's like a big prop. It's an inflatable is what it is, I believe. I mean, I could be wrong, but some people have pointed out a few inconsistencies between the way it should look and the way the one on the runway looks. And it does appear to be a big dummy. It doesn't have any kind of engines. It, the windows appear to be completely opaque. A few things are missing. The numbers are right. And then there's some guy casually sitting on the back texting his mom, not even noticing that this thing is about to take off. And the person who did fall that they named was a soccer player, which I find to be kind of suspect. You have a celebrity, you know, as the face of this, as this new 9-11 jumper, and the numerology is all there. So I don't have any reason to think that it was real. Wag the dog. And one other thing. If you want to give the media the benefit of the doubt and say, hey, this was real, consider just the timing of it and the optics and how visually similar it was to previous events in history. And that should tell you everything. It's a playbook they dusted off. Yeah, Seattle Times, uh, first murder hornets of 2021 found in Washington. Just a heads up. Also, I want to point this out. I see a lot of hypocrisy where people are getting mad at Antifas who are going after street preachers. But I just think it's a matter of free speech. And if one side gets free speech, the other side gets free speech. So I'm going to go ahead and play a short clip of an Antifa expressing his religious views in the face of a Christian preacher. And it says on the... like an episode it's like the exorcist or something like they're literally walking around demonically possessed and they see a bible and they get rabid and i think this is the same preacher that was there last year who was being strangled choked on he was like i can't breathe and the media didn't care because he wasn't the right background but yeah as long as they don't touch each other sure but you know it's like we're talking about communicable diseases Antifa is on, at least they wear masks, but they're on the side that believes in this pandemic and the science that backs it. So they should be the ones six feet away, but they have no fear. They're not socially distancing. I mean, the hypocrisy is off the charts. That's why I think this thing can never work. Okay, Breek says a lot of the normies are talking about the plane video being fake. Yeah, I think that's progress. I think it's progress that the word fake has even made it out there and that people are even willing to entertain the notion that governments would stage public relations events. And that's all it is. You know, you could drag an inflatable dummy plane like that with a few actors with Nikes on and then add some CGI characters in there and you wouldn't know if it was real or not if you weren't there. I have some questions, like the cameraman who was recording it from the ground. Did he get to go home? That's kind of problematic. Kind of like the camera that was left behind on the moon. You know, who was recording that lander, you know, the lunar module when it took off again? Who was that? Because somebody was able to tilt the camera back and watch it. But anyway, it's fakeable at a minimum. And that's important to recognize it is fakeable. Was it fake? I don't think so. I mean, 100% fake? No, I think it's embellished, if anything. 
I find it unlikely just based on people I know who've called in. And I spoke to Commander Liu, who's in the Air Force. He just said that it's unlikely you would see people with headgear and hats running around that close to those engines, that it would be a, a hazard. So, and, and moreover, pilots wouldn't knowingly run over people. So it's just highly unbelievable. Restless Bear says, I almost missed the riots. It's been a while. Well, that's one of the things I want to talk about. This is Chaos Week. Remember last year? Last year, the final week of August was chaos. You had Kenosha. It was Mamba Week, celebrating the 42nd birthday of Kobe Bryant, who had died earlier in the year. It was also the death week of Chadwick Boseman, who played Jackie Robinson, Mr. 42. And the MLB had their jerseys all changed to number 42 in honor of Jackie Robinson. And then BLM was gathering over at the Washington Monument to celebrate the 57th anniversary of King's I Have a Dream speech. So all these things are happening at the end of August. And then at the very tail end, August 29th, uh, J. Aaron Danielson, the prayer patriot Western chauvinist, was shot in the chest at 8.46 p.m. by one of the leaders of the Antifa groups there, who was interviewed on Vice about it, bragged about it. Trump said, why is this guy still alive? And he was killed shortly thereafter. So I'm looking forward to the rest of this month. I watched the MAGA rally last night and Trump did say a number of interesting things. I, I think I have a few quotes here. Okay, Trump said, oh, by the way, there was a QAnon sign behind him, an individual with a cowboy hat, a 17, which stands for, of course, uh, the letter Q. And if he doesn't get back in power, I'm pretty sure the Chinese troops are gonna take the cues off your keyboards and the question marks. He said, quote, we will defeat woke radicalism, a continuation of communism. He said, I'm pleased to announce the second, this is, oh, Representative Mo Brooks said, I'm pleased to announce the second coming of Donald J. Trump. I thought that was an interesting statement, the second coming. Uh, Trump said, quote, everything woke turns to S. Now, woke to me, I don't know if I'm against it or for it. To me, woke is just like the liberal version of the red pill. And it's just, are you radicalized to their version of things? But, you know, it gets the cheers. So I think that's about it. I don't know if he said anything about Ashley Babbitt. I was listening to see if he was going to call for justice for Ashley. And the reason why is that I'm expecting some kind of retaliation. I also want to talk about the MAGA bomber because there's no coincidences in any of this. And the fact that this guy named Floyd, and you know how they have an inversion here. It's always two into one alchemy, black versus white. They're always playing with these dualities. So now you have a guy named Floyd who's on the side of MAGA, on the side of Chauvin and Western chauvinism. Floyd Ray Roseberry. Also, if they have three names, it's an actor. Look, it's a crisis actor 100% of the time. If they have three names and or if they're wearing flannel in the summer, because uh, flannel is what they wear if they're trying to pretend like they're from flyover country, because most of these are actors from the left coast. So Floyd Ray Roseberry shows up threatening to bomb DC and he surrenders later that day. It's very unbelievable 
he says a few things like, quote, revolution is on, almost like he's trying to start the Turner Diaries. I'm ready to die for the cause. He claimed that he had enough ammonium nitrate in his toolbox to blow up a couple city blocks. He said he wanted Biden to resign. So that's kind of the story. Um, I'll play it here. Just more bad crisis acting. I'm not sure if he was at the Capitol riot. A lot of these actors get multiple gigs a year. I'm ready to die for calls. That's a fake accent. He learned that you know, in his FBI training, I'm pretty sure. And brother, if you said, if you could do anything to save one life, one life, you said you'd do it. Well, you got a chance. I want to go home Sunday. I want to go home and see my wife. Now, the story's not all that believable. I think it might have been at some point, but... It just, for us anyway, it came against the backdrop of this. The day before, like NBC News, sneak preview, potential terror threat, somebody who's opposed to COVID measures, who claims that Trump can be reinstated, will attack us somewhere near the 9-11 anniversary. So he pretty much just shows up like a character. I think someone said he's right out of Con Air, which wouldn't surprise me. That would even kind of tie in with the scene on the, on the airstrip. Uh, CBS News confirms the man in the truck claims to have a bomb, wants Biden to resign, says revolution is on. Floyd Ray Roseberry. Again, it seems very fake. Looks fake. Uh, he threw a bunch of money out. Not sure what that meant. The story didn't really last long, though. Uh, they put him down. No explosions. Really nothing. But, you know, since then, this whole narrative has been walked back, where the media is admitting that there really is no evidence that there was any kind of a a plan to storm the Capitol, not in any sense of like a coordinated plan or this being an insurrection. The insurrection narrative is falling apart. This is from Reuters. Exclusive FBI finds scant evidence that U.S. Capitol attack was coordinated. So this is all interesting too, considering that Owen Schroyer is going to jail tomorrow. He's being charged with breaching Capitol grounds, which he did. And he did go out there and he did call for an insurrection. I mean, if you really, if you want to be honest about what he said and the way he was saying it, I, I would call it some, some sort of an incitement at a minimum, given his role, his position, his platform. I mean, you could say free speech. You could. But uh, here's what he said. He's marching to the Capitol from the ellipse before the building was breached. And he told the crowd, today, we march for the Capitol because on this historic January 6th, we have to let our congressmen know they stole the election and we aren't going to accept it. He's then seen on the west side of the Capitol next to the inauguration stage, as well as at the top of the stairs, authorities said in, an, in the document. So anyway, he has a bit of a history here causing controversy. I haven't followed most of this stuff, um, but I do know that if he goes to jail over this, it's kind of an indicator that he's an actor. And I can say that confidently because there's this inconvenient video out there called Everything Wrong with the Capitol Shooting in 21 Minutes or Less. And this shows that the entire thing was a simulated riot, a CNN production. And moreover, it was staffed with actors top to bottom. And so if anything, this is probably a setup for the right. 
And if he doesn't call it out as a hoax, then he's probably an actor. Because based on this video, you should be able to reasonably conclude that Ashley Babbitt's not dead. Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, Tim. Hey, I talked to you the other day. I was the one with the audio, the, the audio issues. Am I having those again? Uh, no, and it wasn't that bad. Otherwise, I would have stopped the call. But no, in fact, I was listening to some archives from like three years ago, and everything we're doing sounds like 50% better than then. So no, it's cool. But, um, mm. but anyway, yeah, what were we talking about? We were talking about um, Jesuit theater. That's kind of one of the things we were talking about. Um, but after the conversation that we had, um, I started doing a little bit more digging myself because I, I don't know, I just had an appetite for it at that point. Um, and I managed to dig up a document called, uh, it's a Vatican, a Vatican document called uh, Intermorifica. Um, and it was uh, produced during the Second Vatican Council of uh, 1963, I believe. Um, but uh, you can actually Wikipedia that document, and it has sort of a <laughs> glossed over version. Um, but even if you read their Wikipedia article, you can tell that, they, that there are certain things that Wikipedia can't even hide about it. And essentially the upshot is that the church openly proclaimed the right to control the media. Oh, okay. Interesting. And, Interesting uh, point. So uh, for people who don't know, you brought up Jesuit theater, and the wiki definition is it's a form of theater practiced in the Jesuit colleges as a way of instructing students in rhetoric and imparting Catholic, Catholic doctrine. So that's what it, what it is. And if you look into Freemasonry, the degrees from like basically zero to 33 or from the bottom to the top, it's all theater. And so it, it sounds a lot like yes. this. Would it, be, would it shock you to know, now this is according to a couple of different sources, but would it shock you to know that while the Jesuits were suppressed from 1774, I believe, on to about 1814, um, they went underground, and they were the ones that actually uh, pinned the rights of Freemasonry in the Claremont College um, in uh, France, and then they were also housed by uh, uh, Frederick the Great of Germany, he gave them quarter there during their suppression. And uh, I think during that time, that was when they wrote the uh, Scottish Rite, uh, every, pretty much everything beyond the Blue Lodge, um, maybe even the Blue Lodge rights themselves. But I think it was uh, certainly 4 through 33, all the rights were pinned by uh, Jesuits as they were suppressed. And uh, okay. they, they, did infiltra they infiltrated Freemasonry at that point. Um, and they also... Like Rosicrucianism, um, uh, you know, all kinds of forms of Freemasonry, like the Grand Orient, York Rite. They wrote the Scottish Rite, but that was really how they continued their work. Did you also know that the, um, uh, what was his name, Adam Weishaupt, the uh, original founder of the B Bavarian Illuminati in 1776? He was a Jesuit priest at Ingolstadt University. Correct, correct. Um, which is, so, so there's all kinds of ties from the Jesuits to the Illuminati, is my point. But um, back well, to this wait, well, well, on that really quick here, because uh, this is a, a very important topic, I think, because we talk about, on this channel, a lot of the symbolism. And I've always conflated a lot of these things anyway, because when you get into the nomenclature, the rituals and the symbolism, it kind of shows you that there's a common source here. And so it, this is a very interesting uh, thread to follow. And the concept of theater is very fascinating because if we look at how much of our reality is shaped by Netflix 
and basically theater. <laughs> Correct. Yep. And theater, um, you know, they were the, the great theater showmen of their day, um, like I explained before. And, 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 and I just want to reiterate that um, the Jesuits have something called the spiritual exercises that Ignatius Loyola himself developed. And I don't know the specifics of each one of their exercises, but they're essentially um, exercises, a, a very, very esoteric sort of exercises that would loosely follow um, like, like uh, deep meditation, emptying your mind, in, emptying your will, um, just literally becoming, um, you know, sort of uh, emptying yourself of your own identity so that your identity may become whatever your master tells you. Because each one of these Jesuits are under, under, are under orders to obey their superior. Um, if, if your superior says the sky is purple and it's actually blue, it's purple. It doesn't matter what the sky is. Sure, um, I've read what, about this, where the student becomes like a zombie, a possessed corpse, and they lose their yeah. own will and an extension of their master. And I've, I've seen references to these spiritual exercises, and this might even be something of a precursor to some of the yoga and related exercises employed by Crowley and the likes. All of this designed you know, to put one, to destroy one's ego and to make one receptive to the cult and whatever else, you know, um, possession, I guess. But that, I mean, that could be possession yeah, in a it, sense, you know, but maybe not demonic, but by the, the group think. Yes, it's um, it's all about emptying yourself of your own will so that you may be used, um, as Loyola said, as a stick in the hand of an old man. And the old man, of course, is the superior general. Um, it has also been uh, posited, and I don't know if it's 100, I don't know if it's true or not, but um, I don't think it would surprise me. But it's also been posited that the Jesuits were actually the authors, um, or at least one Jesuit, uh, a former general, was the author of the book The Art of War, and that Sun Tzu was actually just a fabricated uh, character to cover for the fact that it was actually a Jesuit general that wrote the book, basically putting out there their tactics of uh, subversion, uh, military tactics that they use. Sure. I mean, um, I mean, like mainly I said, a psychological warfare a theater as opposed to actually phys using physical force. And the premise of the art of war is simply that uh, the greatest generals never actually have to use force because they're so subtle in the craft of mind war. And that's what's happened here with the media, where they have people responding to threats that don't exist because they've seen it on screens. So this this concept of Jesuit theater fits right in, I think, with this idea of controlling the masses through, well... Uh, this this medium, the screen. Yes. And um, the, the church openly declares in this document, if you don't mind, I, I can pull it up really quick, and there's a couple of really uh, salient points uh, that can be gleaned from just the first couple of paragraphs, and then uh, there's a one point later on. But um, I'm going to pull up this document really quick. I've got it here. So the introduction, it says, among the wonderful technological discoveries which men of talent, especially in the present era, have made with God's help, the church, talking about the Roman church, welcomes and promotes with special interest those which have a most direct relation to men's minds and which have uncovered new avenues of communicating most, uh, I'm sorry, most readily news, views, and teachings of every sort. 
So it says openly in the very first sentence that the church promotes and has a special interest in those who have a most direct relation to men's minds. It's right there. That's a Vatican document. That's just exactly what they said. Um, and, and later on, we have this. Let me read this really quick here. Now, now this, this is something we call controlled opposition as well, that anytime in any field where somebody's an influencer, uh, especially within media, you do find this phenomenon where they only go so far, and it's usually for a reason. You can only trust them so far. And I think that's one of the strategies that this world theater uses to control people is, of course, by limiting parameters of thought with agents who are gatekeepers, more or less. Oh, oh, yes. And not all controlled opposition are created equal. So you have very obvious controlled opposition figures out there. Um, people that are on mainstream media, uh, Tucker Carlson might be an example, you know, somebody who tells some things as they are, um, but he certainly isn't allowed to uh, go past a certain point. Um, and then you have, you know, deeper and deeper sort of levels uh, of, of, of controlled opposition. But there's another point here on its point 11. Now, this is a good document for anybody out there interested in this topic. You can just go straight onto the Vatican website itself, literally in the belly of the beast, um, and find uh, the document Intermorifica and read it for yourself if you don't believe what I'm saying. Um, so point 11 says the principal moral responsibility for the proper use of, of the media of social communication falls on newsmen, writers, actors, designers, producers, displayers, distributors, operators, and sellers, as well as critics and all others who play any part in the production and transmission of mass presentations. So that, that's huge. That's literally, because you've got to remember, per the Catholic Church, they set the rules. They're, they're more, when they talk about moral decisions, they're talking about their own determinations on what is right and wrong. Sure, sure. So, this is, this is so, very consistent, um, MO-wise, very consistent with their, also with the, the media's panic over memes and ideas they don't control, fringe ideas, conspiracies, disagreement. It seems like right now, the main point of the media is to scare people, not about the virus, but about misinformation. And I think that's part of it because misinformation is information coming from sources that they don't essentially control. Yes, and one of the last bastions of quote unquote misinformation, as they would put it, are people like you and me, just everyday people that are um, just thinking for ourselves, not swallowing down everything we're told, not um, just uh, mindlessly floating down the, the, the lazy river of life. You know, we're looking for answers. We're looking for the truth. And of course, you have to be, you, they're happy to tell you the truth as they see it, as they define it. Um, but if you want to venture outside and beyond that, um, you're nothing but anathema to them. Something I want to mention really quickly that I didn't mention last time about the Jesuits is that these spiritual exercises that they perform actually have the, the effect of them losing their personality. Literally, when you empty out your will, you empty out your own personality, and you can be filled with whatever you're filled with. It's like a form of mind control, uh, of reorganization um, of the mind. 
and uh, Kathy O'Brien talks about this in her book Transformation of America uh, that she yes. wrote this back is, in the early. This is this should be very um, familiar to anyone who's talked about or looked into MK Ultra, where the idea is through extreme trauma or torture or just extremes of physical endurance, you could break someone's personality, and then of course uh, the idea was of course to program them, and that's really what we're looking at of uh, programming. But this is the other side of programming, and it wouldn't surprise me. Even the name, a Saint Ignatius Loyola, Ignatius means to ignite. And there's a statement here, go forth yeah. and set the world on fire. And yeah, I, I would say that he could be the progenitor of what we would call trauma-induced mind control. Absolutely. That's 100% dead on. And um, something else that people don't realize is that it wasn't just, it didn't just start with the Jesuits, but the Catholic Church... Something people have to remember that, you know, Roman, Catholic, Roman Catholicism, one of the big principal doctrines of Roman Catholicism is the doctrine of confession, which means that you have to go into a little booth with some potential pedophile and tell him everything that's ever been on your mind, every sort of sin and every thought you've ever had that was in opposition to the, the rules, and you get to tell him everything, okay? What a lot of people don't realize is that if you tell him anything that excites or interests him that he thinks would be beneficial to pass on, that information is passed on the chain uh, of command. So it goes to maybe the, the local bishop of the diocese and then possibly even up to the, the archbishop and maybe even up to the pope himself. The Roman, my point is that the Roman church were the original intelligence gatherers of the earth. That's where it comes from. Um, because confession is nothing more than an intelligence gathering operation. And yes, I agree. I agree. That. And, and it's like Facebook. Facebook is the new confession. It's an intelligence gathering operation. And you don't know where that info is going, but it certainly goes all the way up to the top. And you know if it's of interest, it will be found. I mean, that's pretty much the case. They're at the point where they can censor memes. So you get a blurry thing on your mm -hmm. screen. Are you sure you want to see this meme? It might be triggering. I mean, that's total control over media. Absolutely. I wanted to mention before I forget that one of the things that makes the Jesuits so difficult for people to wrap their heads around and, and their tactics is that when you pour out your identity using the spiritual exercises of Loyola, you become, you can be filled with any other identity. You can be reorganized. So what happens is that Jesuit people, whether they're, literally um, of the order or they're just an associate of the order, somebody who's working with the order, they, they, they are masters of disguise and masters of infiltration. That This is their modus operandi. It wouldn't surprise me if a bunch of so-called Protestant ministers and or min, uh, ministries or uh, so-called Protestant uh, organizations are headed by Jesuits because the Jesuit has, has, has uh, wormed himself into that position through um, casuistry and, and sophistry and every other thing that they do. So my point is that the infiltration happens at all levels. This is what science. they said that they would do. Think, look at the sciences. I, I happen to think, because if you look at the story of Revelations, where the world's going to end if we don't all get saved, and the, the revelations will happen like this, you know, this I story the Antichrist coming back. Like, that is a Jesuit invention, 
and you can trace that back to the 1500s. So that wasn't really originally part of the story, but it gave the church a lot of power to use fear to control people, to get them back in, to coerce them. And I think that that fear of revelations of apocalypse has been brought to us through science, through climate change, global warming, through climate eschatology and the carbon footprint, a new form of judgment and a new flood myth. And I think that is a, it's an infiltration of the sciences by a, a religious mindset, a religious paradigm, I would say possibly Jesuits. It's no different to me than the apocalypse. Well, and, and you have the reformers of their day um, basically pointing out um, that the church had set up this um, uh, situation where there was going to be somebody come in the far off future, um, and that person was the Antichrist. We don't know who that person is yet, uh, but it's you know somewhere down the line. Um, and I don't. I'm not an expert on the original text of Scripture. I do. I am a Christian, uh, but I don't necessarily go along with. Uh, just a lot of the things that go along with Protestant or mainstream Christianity today. But um, anyway, the reformers pointed out, though, that it was the Roman church that, that had come up with this futurist scenario to take the eyes off the fact that they were the ones that were sitting in the seat of the, of the Antichrist um, at that moment. At least that was their argument. Um, futurism, and, yes. Uh, futurism, and that's the whole idea here. Futurism, that they can tell you the future and that it's going to be bad if we don't change what we're doing immediately now. And yeah, they reinvented it, I believe. And I actually think that in, in many ways, the virus is a new iteration of sin, which is another way to control people. You get to um, find out who's sinning through confession and through snitching. But now with the new version of sin, it's kind of the same thing. Uh, people are going to tell on themselves or they're going to be snitched on. And now you have a new inquisition. And now the way that you test, of course, it's not just asking questions, but it's actually a physical test because they have a physical way of saying, you contain this. You're not saved. Yeah. You haven't been given the injectable communion wafer. <laughs> well, one of the, yeah, you know, I, I think that it is, it is useful to see what's happening right now um, through that through that lens of this is a priestial uh this, this is a priestial uh, religious endeavor that they're undergoing. Uh, Dr. Fauci right now is the high priest of uh, science in America. I mean, he is a Jesuit through and through. That man was educated by Jesuits for almost two decades. You're aware of that? Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. Definitely. And I don't think it's a coincidence that if you look back a little over 30 years before, he was doing the same thing on a smaller scale with AIDS. And I, I look at, I look yep. at this new thing. It's just COVID. It's just a bigger operation but it's the same thing and again it's it's about sin and i think it's about their version of morality being imposed through science and i think it's about social control well they take the bible and they'll twist it on its head 180 degrees um like here's a good example of this um in the scriptures paul the apostle paul talks about i have become all things to all men for the gospel's sake now what he was referring to was meeting people where they are, talking to them genuinely, sort of not doing something that's outwardly going to, openly going to, purposefully going to offend um, for the sake of the gospel. What they mean by that is it's okay for us to disguise ourselves into any cloak we want to do whatever we want, just so that the ends 
that we're trying to achieve are met. So they take a Machiavellian interpretation to that to that scripture, um, and they do it all the time. Um, you know, the Tower of, the Tower of Babel was the first collectivist, um, you know, the first world government essentially, um, and it was broken apart and you know destroyed by God. Uh, but now you're having a, a Tower of Babel 2.0 being erected, and but this time it's technological um in nature and there will be a one world system in in play where there is a, a single currency um and everybody's forced to comply or die i think uh, yes I, you're right about I that i think the tower of babel actually was uh, coincidentally on the anniversary of apollo 11 i think they actually finished it i, I believe the tower of babel is man united in a mission from earth to the heavens and it's a space program space is the new heaven and when they opened up space to the masses via space tourism just this last month i think the tower is complete and i don't think it's a coincidence that jeff bezos personally poked his head above the carmen line because here he is in the capstone of the rocket which is the top of the obelisk it's he's a king and a to z amazon all the books babylon so i kind of think that the tower of babel all languages united one mission one world government has actually been achieved because it gives you the one world view and you know it's it's every nation has adopted their own space agency so i kind of think that they've built it we have that unity now i think that it um it's possible that you know certainly if they haven't already completed it i would say that we're only i don't know a few years away um but the the way i personally look at it is that it won't be complete until there is this sort of unveiling of a mono state um, sort of world communist state where no 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 national sovereignty is recognized anymore. I'm sort of looking for that. Um, right. I don't know what it's going to take to get to that point, but um, I would say a lot more war, certainly more war, certainly more disease, probably another pandemic or whatever they want. Or, or you know what? I'll tell you what's going to take to get to that. It's going to have to take the destruction of the national of the of the, of the global banks of the central banks um, and the imposition of a uh, digital currency as well as um world religion where there is mandatory worship right like like either cut your head off or worship that kind of okay thing. well that's I, what i believe I, I, I think i think that see novel corona uh the new crown and everybody kneeled everybody in the world bowed down to this thing all the religions shut down and the religion of science asserted itself entirely they shut down all the traditional sites i kind of think that they already have i mean it, it i don't think it's over yet but i do think that they have already built this thing and when they unveiled that digital monolith at nato to me that was an indicator that this is it this this new digital bible this this is the the, the mass media has become the bible for the new world religion and as long as they are able to get rid of all the heresy all the heretics all the apocrypha it'll be a pure doctrine and i think that's what they're aiming for and I think right now that's yeah. that's why they're trying to flush out all the misinformation. But I, I do feel like yeah, the, the world is at that point though, where we are pretty much unified in this grand deception, and it doesn't matter how many of us see through the fake news or any of the the, the media itself. It's unquestionable. It's actually almost a blasphemy. In fact, they said now that they want to give scientists federal hate crime protections. So it's not just like Fauci said, if you criticize me, you're criticizing science. But now 
it's like criticizing a priest and you have to be careful what you say because now you're dealing with clergy i guess a protected group <laughs> yeah well you know you know how the bible talks about the elect yes they see themselves as the elect because of their greater intelligence supposedly because of their position their birthright they see themselves they've twisted that 180 degrees on its head um, and this is how they do everything. This is called inversion, and it's a satanic practice that, that occurs literally all the time in the world that we, that we live in. But this is the way they invert that scripture. And, of course, the elect, in terms of, of a biblical, I, I believe, a biblical, true biblical perspective on the word elect, that's just talking about the few who are courageous enough to, um, to do what's right in the face of whatever comes. You know, and there, there's not very many people who will do that. And it's certainly not a small group of oligarchs with who own the world systems of government and media. <laughs> you know what I mean? But they are so, you know, they have such hubris that they can project themselves onto that and, and believe it with 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 their whole heart. Think that, yeah, we're favored of God. I think uh, so. I, I, I think you're right. I think that we have the elevated priesthood because they actually say this. They say that when they go to space and they see the earth. They experience a cognitive shift, an overview effect where they see beyond boundaries and political parties. So they actually claim spiritual enlightenment from going so high up in the sky. And to me, that's a counterfeit. It sounds so fake. In fact, they don't even go high enough in the space station to see the Earth as you would see it halfway to the moon to get that true effect. But they, they have all the counterfeits. And then you even have the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, or NOAA, which is a an organization that uses science to give us a new flood myth, a counterfeit to the old myth. And they actually use the symbol of the dove, which is Noah's symbol. And they don't mention that on their website that, oh, we just stole this from the Old Testament. They don't even mention it. So everything about the dominant paradigm seems to me a counterfeit, an imitation, a new iteration of an older paradigm dressed up like science. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I, that's exactly right. That's how I see it as well. But I know that for a lot of people, you know, what, what gets them about Christianity as well, it, you know, Christ came so much later than all these other myths, you know, like the Zoroastrian myth. There are many counterfeits, um, both, you know, before Christ and after Christ. And this is something that people don't really know how to handle because they, they, most people look at this linearly. Like they say, well, this myth came first, so this is the original myth, and then the Christ Christian myth came later, so it was just a copy. It's, it's, my understanding on that is that there are interdimensional spiritual realms, right? Interdimensional spiritual beings within other dimensions. And one of those beings would be the entity that we know as Lucifer or Satan. Um, and my understanding is that in, etern, in, in these spiritual realms, time and space is not, um, it, doesn't, it doesn't work the way it does in our material world. So. Um, the Bible says that essentially Lucifer at that time, he had um, decided that he was going to become in the place of Christ. He wanted to be the one who was worshipped. So I think that it's possible that many lies were distributed to humanity prior to the coming of Christ, sort of giving people shadows, false shadows of the true Christ. And then later, after you have 
more deception that just sort of postdates the true Christ. So it creates the impression that from a linear perspective, Christ is just a counterfeit of some other counterfeit. But from my, my belief is that in reality, Christ is truth, whether or not there are myths that came before him or not. Okay, and well, uh, that's how I see it and how I resolve it in my mind. Well, the Society of Jesus, that's the real name of the Jesuits, right? So is that just the ultimate Correct. in co-opting something? Why would they name themselves the Society of Jesus when they're because the ones they're that... blasphemers. Because they're blasphemers. Because they're energized by the same spirit of, of Satan who wants to be Christ more than anything in the whole world, but can never be because he's the opposite. He's the adversary. He wanted to take the worship of the one true God and attribute it unto himself. So he inspired a group of men to blasphemely do the work of the devil while claiming and parading to be the society of Jesus. Fascinating. Great, uh, great take on it. And you started talking about the Jesuit theater, and it got me thinking about the Olympics, the London Olympics 2012, where it seems to foreshadow Corona, and the more recent one, where, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty much, to me, it seems like what you described, what you described this Jesuit theater, where they're able to communicate uh, their doctrines over the heads of the uninitiated, out there in the open, and just say what's going to happen. Um, have you watched any of those recent ones, these, these Olympic ceremonies? I try to stay away from stuff like that. I probably ought to watch more of those things, though, because I think I would pick up a lot. Um, but no, I haven't seen it. I didn't watch any of the recent Olympics either. Okay, well, the recent one is really quick here. They had this burning man on the ground, like they created a big flame in the shape of a man, so the burning man. And then they have a corona, a big corona made out of like a ring of fire and this black disc. And you know these are, I think, very uh, significant symbols when taken together. And then, of course, on the more recent one, they had a phoenix. And all of this symbolism, though, is communicating the reset and how the reset of everything would be triggered by the corona. And they use the symbol of the sun to convey this. But ultimately, all these years, it seems like in many of these big rituals and in movies in particular, there have been signals that the initiated would know that when this corona hits, it's the end of the world. This is when we hit the reset button. Do you know why they do that? I like, when I say why they do that, I mean, I mean, like, why they actually show you. Why they put these things out there in plain sight like they do. My latest theory, it has to be, and this is based on my research, they're including us as passive uh, participants in group ritual. I think that they're actually telegraphing what they're going to do. And they, inv they basically are using people like matrix batteries in some way. Hypnosis, predictive programming. I think there's something to it. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I think there's a really a deep psychological, psychological component for them in this. First of all, I, I think they get pleasure out of it like you cannot believe. I think that it, it, it's really one of those things that makes them really happy with themselves, proud of themselves for the things that they do because they know – that there's great power in telling something to someone very openly without them understanding it. Um, they understand that. It's not a good power. It's evil power because what it does is it, is it asserts their dominance over us in a way that actually transcends our ability to perceive it. And um, it also, in their minds, now I don't believe it actually does this for them, but I think this is how they justify it. In their minds, they believe that now they're absolved. 
because they've shown you what they're doing. So you, now the ball is in your court, and you have to take it and do something, or else they're going to do what they told you. So if you don't put up any resistance to it, they, they just say, okay, now it's your fault. You should have stopped us. You should have found some way to prevent what we're going to do. We I've, told you. Right. I've you heard this idea of sort of a, an implied consent that when you engage in this world, there's this implied consent that the signs are posted. And if you see it, you're abiding by these rules, you're bound by the contract. And it's very tricky, kind of like those parking lots you go into, you step away for a minute and they lock down your car with boots on your tires. And it's like, well, maybe you didn't see the sign, but you have to pay them cash to get out. It's just, it's, a, it's an implied consent thing. And it seems like maybe that could be part of it. I definitely think that there's a pattern here, like Netflix, for example, Netflix 2019 was all about the pandemic to come. And I don't think it's a coincidence that the CEO and founder of Netflix is a blood relative to Edward Bernays and therefore to Freud. So I, I think we're looking at mind control and it's so deep that they know how to lull us yep. to sleep uh, in advance of the news so that we just accept what they say because we've already drilled through it in our minds a thousand times. Absolutely. Did you know, and speaking of just random things, like you said that there was a blood relationship uh, between the founder of Netflix and Edward Bernays, is that what you said? Oh yeah, definitely. Great uncle. Well, you know, another great uncle um, that uh, is kind of interesting, I believe it's either the great, great, or the great, or I'm sorry, the grand nephew or the great grand nephew of Napoleon Bonaparte was the one who started uh, the FBI, the first head of the FBI in America. Oh, that's interesting. I'll have to look into that. Wouldn't surprise me, but... I believe so. You know, I always yep. say that it's, um, it's a small world at the top of the Illuminati dung heap because it seems like the controllers are so connected that it's beyond just coincidence. Oh, well, absolutely. You know, they have this... Uh, the mystery schools uh, that they are, you know, initiated into, um, I think they, they, there are rubrics and guidelines for who you can and cannot marry. You know, you don't want to marry any of the profane, God forbid. So you have to stick within your your class or your your caste or whatever caste they're in. Um, but uh, yeah, there's a there's just a whole lot out there that um, I think uh, we're, we're not being told the truth about, um, particularly this pandemic. And yeah, I didn't mean to equivocate the other night. I'll just state emphatically that you know I don't I'm not for this vaccine at all. And I even talked to people at my job about it and. You know, there are more people out there than we think that understand that this is not something you want to get. But uh, you have to be careful at work because uh, <laughs> good thing I have a good sense of people, but uh, some people don't. So if you say the wrong thing to somebody, you might lose your job oh, yeah, uh, or no, get it's, canceled. It's, it's important to keep in mind because I'm, I'm open to discussion. And I'll say I'm pro-anti-vax, pro-pro-vax, um, ambivalent, whatever it is, I'm open to talking about it because they're trying to make this a schism so that the anti-vaxxers hate the vaxxers and vice versa and they discriminate against each other and it shouldn't be that way and there should be common sense dialogue but i think they're trying to prevent that by censoring the topic so yeah i'm all for um however you want to explain it personally i think that it is definitely one of the most potent psychological warfare operations ever i think the needle is more intimidating than the nuke and they they manage to just traumatize everybody at once with this thing the People are freaked out about it, and um, you know this comes this comes without saying. But I don't think anybody should fear the virus. Um, I don't think anybody should live in fear, walk around 
uh, skeptical or not skeptical. I'm sorry. Definitely walk around skeptical. Don't walk around suspicious of other people because there are opportunities to go, to do good um, when you when you when you see them. But if you're living in fear all the time, you can't do good for anybody because all you're worried about is, am I going to get sick? Oh, I can't touch this. I can't go near them. No, talk to talk to people, see if they need help and help them. You know, be be that kind of person during this time. Don't be in one of those crazy people that. You know, shakes the aerosol can in front of you. Do you remember that uh, yes, banner I, thing that you could put on your Facebook proto, profile? Yes, and you know, you reminded me, the Prime Minister of Australia just said, and others have said in that area, don't talk to people. They're, they're literally saying, don't even talk to people when you leave your house. So they're trying to stop the communication of everything, not just supposedly the virus, but also, I think, words. They're trying to break down any social network that doesn't go through the screen. And I think that's the common thing. Everything yep. has to go through that screen. And anything outside of that screen, they want to eliminate. And they're doing it. It's a very antisocial age that we're in right now. <laughs> well, there was an album from uh, MGMT. You, remember, you know that band MGMT had that hit back in 2009, uh, Time to Pretend? I believe. It's a really great song, really great album. I'll look but, it up. Uh, they have a, an album recently called Little Dark Age. That... Uh, that struck me when I saw that because now they're, you're, they're definitely backed by the establishment. I mean, they have almost 10 million uh, Spotify listeners. You know, they, they, they sold out with uh, time to pretend and all that. I mean, it was a really catchy song, but they're definitely owned and operated now um, to, uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, they had a whole uh, album about uh, alien days or something. I mean, they're, they're literally just, uh, they've become establishment mouthpieces, I'm sure. But Oh, um, yeah. You know what? Interesting album, topic you brought up. I'll, I'll look it up because that's an, another whole area of research is where music has been used to communicate very specific ideas and memes. I often talk about David Bowie's music as it relates to the space age and how his music is something of an accompaniment to it in, intentionally. And then this morning I was reading about the role of the Tavistock Institute in creating the Beatles and how from the Beatles to the Rolling Stones, Jim Morrison, how these are all intelligence agencies using culture as a weapon. Oh, yes. That's, a, that's, a, that's absolutely true. And um, the Tavistock Institute is something I've heard thrown about. I don't know that much about it, but I would be open to uh, research in that area. I'm a musician myself, um, you know, sort of recovering Pink Floyd addict, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, so music is something that I'm, I'm aware of and, uh, um, I definitely understand the power of music because I experience it myself. There's nothing quite like having an acoustic guitar pressed up against you while you're, uh, you know, strumming that kind of thing. It's, it's, oh, yes. a, it's, it's, it yes. touches the soul. It touches the soul. So they're going to use anything that touches the soul for your, for your detriment. That's, uh, that's all. That's really all you have to remember about these people. Well, this but, channel, uh, this channel has attracted wanted... a lot of musicians, by the way, if you've noticed. A lot of musicians who are well aware of the mind war and the music that uh, is produced for this channel is some of the most, I think, um, insightful and real and true counterculture out there because it's not coming from <laughs> intel agencies or from the New World Order monolith. But uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll be delving into this Tavistock thing in the coming weeks. I just read this article today. I was really laughing at some of the crow songs that you have on your playlist. Some of them had me rolling laughing. It really was a nice uh, <laughs> Chief Crow. Chief Crow, what's his band? 
Uh, oh yeah, Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms, and his live performances are epic. Uh, he does those on occasion. I, I stream them when I can. So if you're subscribed to these channels, I always mirror Chief's live streams. But yes, great collection mm -hmm. of music there for sure. <laughs> really funny stuff. Just, just definitely need the comic relief these days as well. But anyway, I've got to get going, but I really appreciate the conversation, and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, and all your listeners, too. Likewise. Thanks for your time. Have a great day. All right. I'm glad he was able to call up. Uh, last time he spoke, we had a, a mild audio issue on his end. It was kind of waving in and out, and I was able to get most of it, but we could have spoken longer and gone into more depth. So in the future, um, what I'll do, though, is I'll, I'll probably try to hang up and call again if we have that kind of issue but I think it was clear this time it might have been earbuds now someone messaged me on Subscribestar yesterday and they suggested that I create a list of movies because we're always referencing movies here and there are some like last night I was watching Eyes Wide Shut I got through about half of it and it's just it's terrible acting it's unbelievable I think watching the news critically auto hoaxing has made me into such a media critic that I can't enjoy movies anymore. I just couldn't. It's just terrible. I'm like, they actually paid Tom to act like that. Uh, the sets were unbelievable. The dialogue was like they made it up on the spot. I mean, utter garbage. But these movies have another meaning altogether, which is why we were watching it. And that movie, Eyes Wide Shut, has some specific connections to a number of other uh not only Kubrick films, but also specifically to 9-11 uh, that is worth discussing. You know, Kubrick's one of these directors, I would call him a metascriptor, and we'll look into a lot of these directors as well. But a few movies that I consider must-watch. Uh, the Village. The Village is an important one. It has very strong subtext. Joaquin Phoenix is in it. And it's about elders, a group of elders who completely control the worldview of the youth through drills, through psychological warfare. And it also contains some elements, I think, of like, you know, they, they kind of conflate the forbidden fruit with these red berries at the edge. Very interesting material, but The Village is important to watch because, again, it's about drills. It's about teaching these children that you can't leave the village because the monsters will eat you. And they accept that. They never question it. And, and then when it is questioned, it brings down their whole system. I'd also highly recommend the movie... Well, I don't want to highly recommend it. So many of these movies are just terrible to watch, but they're must-watch movies. Uh, the other one I put on the list here was Orbiter 9. Orbiter 9 is about someone born in captivity on a spaceship to another planet, a generational ship. Her parents had to voluntarily uh, kill themselves, exterminate themselves, because there wasn't enough oxygen for their daughter. So kind of like Superman is sent from Krypton to Earth, and his parents know they're not going to make it, so they send him. That's the story in Orbiter 9, or so you think. The spoiler alert here, but it's worth watching because it's important to see what, I'm, what I think the future may contain, is what happens is she never left the Earth. The spaceship is beneath a military base in Colorado, and she's one of many who think that they're going to another solar system. And so their entire existence is, is through screens. Everything that they know, every person they interact with is coming through a screen. I'm not going to give you any spoilers about how it ends, but that's another important movie to watch, Orbiter 9. You know, Earth is Orbiter 9. Earth is the village. Another one that's interesting is Room. 
because this is a movie about a child who's kidnapped, well, his mother is kidnapped, and then he's born in captivity in a shed. He thinks the shed is the whole world, and for five years, she maintains the illusion. And when she finally tells him that they're going to break out, he doesn't believe her that there is anything outside of the shed. So it's a movie about cognitive dissonance and about boundaries and about, and it introduced a word I thought was worth memorizing or keeping in your lexicon is unlying. Because uh, there's really no word for the deprogramming that's required to undo some of these things when you base, when you base your worldview on this false premise and that false premise where you can't see outside of it. And if someone tries to tell you to see outside of it, you immediately would reject it because there is no outside there. Anyway, the Room, Orbiter 9, The Village, probably must-watch movies. Donnie Darko, someone suggested, you know, these movies are terrible, bad acting, but again, symbolism. I mean, you can find breakdowns if you want to watch them and study the symbolism without having to suffer through it. Like I said, I couldn't get through Eyes Wide Shut last night. I barely made it through Village, uh, Vanilla Sky. And I'm glad I stuck until the end. Because at the end of Vanilla Sky and at the beginning, you have Corona references. At the very beginning, Tom Cruise is running through the streets of New York and it's empty. As in, everyone's on quarantine. And then he wakes up with his girlfriend in bed because it was a dream. And they both have COVID or a cold, cold-like symptoms. And they're both quarantined in bed. So then the movie ends where he has this experience like a 9-11 jumper. He jumps off a building and he lands in an, uh, in an eye, a and it looks like a corona. You see an eye with the sun reflected in it. The symbolism is all over these movies. Jordan says the bad 80s movies are the best. Truman Show, probably worth watching. False Man Becomes a True Man. Uh, only if you're really paying attention to the subtext, because the movie itself isn't all that great, but it's all about the initiation of Truman and it begins with the dog star, which is a very significant symbol in all of the esoteric traditions. Which again, that's, that should raise some eyebrows. Why are, why are they putting uh, symbols in movies for the masses that wouldn't be understood by 99.9% .9 of the ticket buyers? Tim Truth says, did you see the Hail Satan clip that was aired at 9-11 on Australian TV? I did. There's a couple of 9-11 things that came up yesterday. So one, Donald Trump said there's going to be another 9-11 pretty soon. He said this last night at 9-11 Eastern time. So it was 6-11 Pacific, 9-11 Eastern. He says, pretty soon we're going to have another 9-11. And then, yes, there was a, an incident where on the mainstream media they were reporting about a police dog that had been stabbed to death and they accidentally cut to a satanic ritual in progress. Kind of weird and awkward. And I thought there must be some kind of relationship here between the sacrifice of a dog and a satanic ritual. I'm trying to put two and two together here. I don't think it was an accident. And the person at the news desk seemed a little stunned. I don't know if she actually saw what was being aired on the screen behind her. But I'm pretty sure they'll assure us it was just a coincidence. I'll see if I can find it. Um, I have a short video here of a Catholic priest slapping a baby that he's supposed to be baptizing. Oh, and he looks like Nosferatu. 
Infinite Plane Radio. Uh, hey, Tim, what's going on? Man? I, uh, I just wanted to call in to add on to what that last caller was saying about the Jesuits. I, I don't remember his name. Oh, yes. Um, I'll have him post it in chat if he's listening. But, yeah, please go ahead and add on because he's the one who got us discussing the Jesuit theater. And then we went down a few other paths yep. with that. Go on. So uh, the thing that, that's important to remember about that is Jesus wasn't his name. Uh, they changed his name to Jesus. His name was Yeshua. So I think where they got the name Jesus, when you take the original Greek and they say 600, six score and six, how that can be said is chi, z, sigma. And sigma can be abbreviated as s. So 600, six score and six can be said as chi, z, s. Sounds a lot like Jesus. So that means that in the Council of Nicaea for the King James Version, one of the main things they did is went through and took out the name Yeshua or Yahusha, uh, Yahushua. Or, there's a couple different versions, but it's definitely not Jesus. And they replaced Yeshua, Yahushua with Jesus, the name of the beast. And Jesuits, it's not so much that it's, it's like they're playing on, oh, they're, they're taking the name Jesus and making it profane. The name Jesus is profane. They're, and it's just been turned good, or it's been turned to, you know, for people to think of it as good. But Jesus is cheesy S. That's the mark of the beast, 666. That's the old phonetic spelling, uh, the old phonetic pronunciation of the Greek. <clears throat> Interesting. Um, I'd also like to point out, if you look at the logo of the Jesuits, you have the the sun with the, the three nails on it. It says IHS. I think that's one of their emblems. And it has three <clears throat> nails on it. And I've seen some explanations for the three nails uh, relating to three sixes. Uh, same thing with a monster energy drink. Apparently they have these three gashes that are actually the uh, Hebrew characters for the nail. And it relates to the letter or the number six. But uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Uh, the letter J didn't exist back when Jesus was born. Um, about the Greek number 666, sure. very interesting there. And I, I've seen it somewhere that the Pope... Uh, I guess the Pope's name, or this, the, the actual the position can be translated into 666 as well. If you take, I believe it's, uh, here it is, Vicarious Philly Day. 666 comes from the title of the Pope's office. So very common, isn't it, for some weird reason? Yeah, it seems like it, right? Okay, very. I'm glad you added that on. I've heard people suggest that Jesus is not the real name. That would make sense, Society of Jesus. Um, I don't know. I appreciate your insight on it. And as far as um, his general assessment about Jesuit theater or who's in control of this place, is that where you look? Do you think that? Uh, you know, that's one of the that that's one of the places I, I've looked under a lot of the different uh, you know a lot of the different stones that they put out the Freemasons. The I've searched under a lot, and it seems like. Uh, the, the Jesuits, and uh, and it seems like maybe the Bar Association are kind of the, the two that have the most power and are the most subversive. Awesome. All right, well, hey, I appreciate your call very much, and I'll get the name of the caller, or if he has a channel, and I'll put it in the notes below after the uh, thing's recorded. So thanks for the call. Okay, cool. Thank you, Tim. All right, so again... Uh, his point of view on that is the name Jesus uh, may not even be the name of that character. Okay, again, we're at the end of August. Interesting week. Remember last year? Mamba week 824. That's the birthday of Kobe Bryant, and it was his 
42nd birthday. I mean, last year was insane. If you get into the uh, the numerology and the patterns and the rituals, but the end of August was when things really heated up. Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, Colin, go ahead and mute your speaker a little bit. My bad, Sam. Cool. Sam, what's up, man? Smilio, Slave Rescue Hound. Oh, good to hear from you, Slave Rescue Hound. Uh, what's on your mind today? Yo, I got I got a couple things because I'm like you know I'm like Peter Griffin. I gotta let out my grind, my gears. Um, so. I'm getting tired of these Bible thumpers, man. Why are, like, yo, man, Bible, the, the, do the Bible, they ain't got, they got, goddamn, how many Bible shows is there? Why they got to come on to our show? And I mean, and the thing, and, and the killer is, none of them want to come to your show to, like, you know, they still, like, they're so hard-headed, like, they just won't believe, man. Bro, this shit's a fucking story. I'm tired of the Jesus shit, man. You know, um, my view on it, and I've made this clear, I believe that the Old Testament, the New Testament, that's the old world's mass media, old fake news. It's all about mind control. Um, I haven't seen any uh, anything to convince me that the new media is any different. I think that this, it's dressed up like science, but I feel like it's the same priesthood um, at work here. Um, now, uh, again, I'm talking about the the big picture the big religion you have a lot of self-styled christians though who don't really feel like they're part of the big religion and so they have their own uh, thing which i kind of see it as separate yes like my man the physics teacher dude you know what i'm talking about that that teacher guy that called in i, I called your show every time i've been see this is what this is why i had to call in because every time lately i've been listening to your show bro it's, I feel like I got a duck from the Jehovah's Witness, and I'm I'm getting tired of it, bro. Like I'm getting tired. Like, and I'm not disrespect. You know, I love your show. Thank you for picking up. And but now let 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 the audience get a, a caller who doesn't believe in this story. You know what I'm saying? Because the last twenty callers I've been hearing is like straight up freaking. You know, like pastors. Yeah, I have caught that. And you know what's what's interesting about that to me is that it's non sequitur you know one's religious beliefs how does that enter the equation at all and, and, and is that the real incentive or motivation for some and i think people worry about or they are wary about that about people surreptitiously trying to influence yeah, them they, they deeply embed that shit in your brain so hard that some of these people really think they're going to burn after they die and all this man like, <laughs> right it's funny man yeah yeah. No, no. I mean, I brought up the movie The Village, and in the movie The Village, the elders tell the children, you can't leave the village because the devil's out there. Well, at the end of the movie, it turns out that the priests, the elders, are actually putting on devil costumes to scare the kids so they believe in a devil so they never leave. So the religion in that movie was purely the control system itself. And so I'm very suspicious of religions, and if people are still believe in the stuff i you know i'm like well they're believers not knowers and there's a huge difference and they can't debate their positions yo tim thank you for uh, no i with the village movie and the, there's a few of them like you said truman there's a bunch of them bro i mean come on but yo thanks for picking up my call because i just want to say because i really like the the guy that said he used to be a professor or he used to be an electrician and turned into a professor or whatever and he, how the jews run the world and all that you know 
and now they want to kill all Christianity. Like I just, I like that guy's mind. You know, he's a smart guy. But it's like this. Hey, Tim, you play chess? Oh, yes. I love chess. Okay. You know how you lose sometimes to a guy who could barely read and write? Like, you know how, well, I don't know. All right. Okay. Let me, a little background. So I spent a lot of time in prison at one point when I was young. So chess was something that I picked up, like, just nothing but chess and reading, basketball, working out, whatever. But this is what freaked me out about chess. You'll lose to a dude who can't even read. You know, like, I, and it would, it would, it would, it would make me so upset on the inside, even though I wouldn't show it on the outside. But I used to burn on the inside, knowing like this dude can't even read, but he's beating me back to back. But this is the thing: that guy might have eight years served already. He's been playing chess since the county. You know, he's been playing ten, fifteen, however many years he's got in. You know, he's been playing that whole time. So I don't care how much smarter you are than him, how much higher your IQ is than his. In this game right here, when you sit down, you are about to get your ass whooped. Now, I said that to say this with that with that physics dude. Because I love how you I, – I got a lot. I love how you set these, them people up with the um, do you believe in back in the day uh, that they had uh, laser beams and shit and the atom bombs back in 1400s. You know how you set people up? Well, not to set you set them up, but you ask them. You literally you ask them like, do you believe that back in the, there's hidden technology, right? Oh yeah. Don't yeah. you ask people that a lot? Oh yeah, just to see where people are with that question. Yeah, are they open to that possibility? Yeah. Have they thought about it? Uh huh. <laughs> I know. I know. And they always, like, a lot of the new people that have been calling in, they always go with it, right? Even the um, commander, Air Force dude, he's funny as shit. He, but he believes in past technology. All right. Now, I said that shit about the chess because my, the physics dude, you know, I, hey, I'll tip my hat. He's probably smarter than me, everything. But I've been doing this a long time, right? Now, I'm from New Jersey. What's the oldest house you ever been in, Tim? Like, as far as, like, you knew that this house was erected in, you know, 1846 or something like that. Do you know offhand, like, what's the oldest house you ever been in? Um, I, I know in the state capital here, Santa Fe, I've been in a house next to a chapel that had to have been uh, maybe uh, 130 years old tops, maybe. Okay. So you've been in houses that were from, like, 1800s, 18, mid-1800s. All right. I'm Trenton, New Jersey, bro. So I've done a lot of little different construction work, residential. I've delivered all types of stuff. Listen, I've been in the houses that were built in the 1600s, right? Okay. Now I'm going to tell you one reason, and one reason from off-tivity, off-top, why I know that there is no hidden uh, technology. The reason why I know there's no hidden technology is because anyone that's ever been in a house, my work boots on. Anyone that's been in a house, bro, I cannot in your house. It would literally be such a discomfort, and I can't make it sense. 
they might keep one of the pieces of the houses like in 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 regular uh in back in the day and then they'll do additions to it but like one or two of the rooms will still be like how it was back in the day i cannot fit in your house i would knock your house down now this is my thing they brain wasn't big enough tim Little ass five foot two people talking about they got the greatest technology that we can't even do yet. With your little ass body and brain. Come on, man. These people, dog, I can't even fit in your house, but you are smarter than me. Come on, man. Just use these people got to use. And you know, no, hold on. I'm only beating the dead horse, but sometimes, you know, our favorite friend, Jim Carrey, remember he killed the cow. Sometimes, even though if you hit him with a semi, might not be dead yet. You got to shoot him in the head. Because what's the first thing you told my man, the teacher? But it's like they don't listen to you, Tim. And that's when I get upset and frustrated. Because you told him from the rip. Well, you know, back in the, the Greek uh, mythology shit, they had some that was just like this. And you tell them different instances and examples of this shit. And then they just completely disregard everything you just said and keep on going on how they still had uh, uh, flash grenades back in the... 289 years ago. No, they didn't, man. They yeah, you know what? wasn't big enough. Yes, you, you, what we're seeing here, and this, this is true with the mass media too, where narrative will often trump facts if people aren't being purely logical, if they're not based on evidence. So they like the story, and they'll cherry pick subconsciously mostly and build that story, and then your counter narrative doesn't really compare at all. And we do see a lot of bias confirmation, and people want to believe that we are on top of a civilization that was way more advanced. And it's, it's interesting to see how people arrive at that, but then when you compare it to someone who's actually been, as you said, in an older structure, you didn't find any evidence of buried architecture or antiquitech or anything like that? Come on. Bro, their, their living rooms were like five, six, man. The ceiling, bro, the ceiling was like six foot tall at the, top, at the max, bro. I gotta bend over every, in every room. I mean, the kitchen, the living room. It ain't. It isn't just this one low room. No. If you've been in a house that's from the six, and you're over five ten, you will not. The heck? You know how you walk in someone's very careful because it's like only five six or six foot down there. It's the same way. Except that's how their whole house used to be, and these people had hidden what. Come on, man. They, their brain, their, their their brain wasn't big enough to do all that, man. Anyone's ever. Okay. Okay. Ever... Point taken. Point taken. And I I would invite anybody here, anyone listening who follows this topic of the mud flood and these this concept of resets to um you know what makes you you know uh believe that I mean I can understand thinking that our history has been wiped out and we've been given a bill of goods just a fake story, but it's a big leap to say that prior to what we have here there was this universal free energy and everybody lived longer. Like there's a big leap there and I'm looking for evidence more than stories. And there yeah, are a lot of stories. And then, and then, and then there you go. And then my thing is when did this mud flood take place? Cause if I'm sitting in a house that was built in 1687, I mean, that was 300 right there. Of a built house where there's clearly some form of architect, there's laborers, there's mason guys, there's these people. This isn't just the first one they ever did. So they've been building these for a long time now. 
So let's go. They've been doing it for at least 100 years now. So now we're dating back 440 years ago. When did this mud flood happen? They they, they postulate, yeah, a couple hundred years ago. And, yeah, that would be an inconsistency. Um, I, I think that would be a very— I've been meaning to call about that. Like, what's the oldest house have these people ever been in? Some shit from the 1800s? Because you're from Cali. Like, I consider you a Cali guy. You're from, uh, what is it, New Mexico, but that's some California time shit. Like, what's your, what's your, what are you on, Pacific time out there? Uh, yeah, I'm on, I'm on mountain time, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I see where you're coming yeah. from. Uh, the older structures would way mon- after ours and yes exactly your 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 civilization all the civilization out there is way after ours you know what i mean we got houses still here out in mercer county new jersey that are from the 1600s you go walk into one of them houses and tell me that they had mad scientists back then when you can't even fit in it you feel like you could tackle their house to the ground don't get me wrong there's stone and stuff like that but they they like i said they already knew exactly what they were doing. They built building them for at least a hundred years. Come on. So that brings you back to the fifteen hundreds. So now, like, when did this mud flood happen? I gotta keep jumping on this mud flood and how people think that they had AR fifteens five hundred years ago too. Stop with all this back technology. It's like you gotta keep telling them. You bring up different examples for them, but they still just keep believing it. Like no one a real human that you know, me know, anyone knows on this network, in this chat, has ever met someone who dug up a fucking back in the day, whatever. It's never happened because it doesn't happen, man. How many oil drilling companies ever found a dinosaur? Like you told us, a dinosaur bone. Never. It's never happened. Come on. Right, right. Okay, so this is, this is a great topic, too, though, that... Uh, we know the level of fakery that's possible. You look into the, the dino wars, the bone wars, and how dinosaurs have been invented, just pure fantasy. And they've been canonized. They've been turned into uh, basically, uh, you could call it a monument to a time in prehistory. And it sets Yo, the narrative. You're so right. We've talked about the dinosaur shit so many times, but I can tell. During my parents' era, it was the T-Rex. They came up with that. Then, in my era, all of a sudden, remember when the water used to shake in the cup? I think that was like Jurassic Park Park, Part 1. They came out with the Velociraptor. That was, that, that, doesn't that word sound cool? Velociraptor? It just sounds cool. Or the, now my son, he loves the Mosasaurus, and they got so many different... They're like, where were these at back when I was... They didn't discover those yet? Like, come on, man. They find new cool names for dinosaurs, and every 25 years or so, you're going to get a new raptor or new whatever the fuck, man. It's true. It's true. I was watching some dinosaur thing on TV, and now they're all CGI, and they got feathers. Now they're big, colorful birds, like something off Sesame Street. They totally changed them for the new versions. And my point is, yeah, they're they're fake. And if they can fake dinosaurs, what, what wouldn't they fake? So it's careful not... I mean, I'm careful not to fall too much... Um, you know, in love with a specific theory and say, this is true, let's prove it. But I am interested in the topic of what came before, but I've never taken that leap to say, oh yeah, they were, um, they had magic carpets and free Wi-Fi everywhere. Like that has not been established yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny that when you say the settled science jokes, man, you, you make me laugh and shit. But, um, yo, I, but honestly, bro, I'm scared 
like, bro, the way that they ban your videos within like a heartbeat now, show nowadays no more because it's already banned before it even hits. It's like, it's like, oh, he downloaded something, go ahead and delete it. Like, I can't even watch them no more. They're oh. already fucking uh, banned. Oh, I took I took some steps in the last couple of days to fix that because uh, YouTube went they they broke their own rules. They actually started blocking my premieres because I was getting a lot of traction. A lot of people were joining us, and yeah, there's a war. There's an information war going on. But uh, oh my god, and we're losing. Oh, we're losing, bro. Well, we we're have losing. We have a secret weapon, and and that's basically. Uh, the podcasting network. We actually are getting better numbers than ever. What you can do now is if you go to infiniteplainsociety.com, I always put the latest archives on top under the video platform Odyssey where they can't be deleted. So we're officially uncensorable now. So, you know, people can say whatever they want and there won't be any breaks. How many Patreons you got? Right now I've got about 100 and I think 40, 150. Once I get up to about 200, we'll be, we'll be doing this thing seven days a week. And I think we can I'll, I'll get there. Back. I'll be back soon. I remember when I joined you at 22, bro, or 23. That's good, man. I, I'm happy that, you know, but I am, like I said, these fuckers, bro, like, I don't, like, how long is it going to be before people are like, yo, like, it's just over. Like, no one's allowed to drop shit no more. Like, I hate how we just, like, everyone just basically accepted that, you know, like, the communism. Yes, yes. When was censorship an American value? My problem isn't just the platforms, because it's your platform. You, you You can be a censor, but it's the people watching who flag it, who say, that offends me. I'm going to ban it. So we have a culture of censorship that fears ideas and burns books. And that's the real problem here. Yeah, it's like everything they finally flipped us. It's like when someone gets their hood flipped. That's like when you got to change a game because of a certain circumstance. Maybe somebody, you know, it's a crazy motherfucker or this, that, and the third, but you became something else. They changed your value from, I mean, well, I can't say that, but it is about 50-50, Tim. It's about 50-50 right now. Even though I trust our 50 to be way more badass than their 50. But it's still a numbers thing. And then I'll never forget the people that won the war, the people that's getting funded by outside. You know, they're going to fund both sides. And I'm not saying we're going to literally have a war, but I'm just saying as far as war of words and war of everything, they're going to get funding. We don't. That's a big difference. <laughs> Why do you think the North won? Because they were still, you know, the South had, they was the real dudes. South was the real guy, man. But the North was doing that shit. It's easy. It's easy when somebody's throwing you a machine gun every other minute. It's hard when you got to put some shit together from scrap and then go fight the guy that's getting machine guns tossed at him. That's true. On on, on YouTube, you can have 50,000 subs and make a living just off of ads. But you say the wrong thing, they kick you off. But the establishment gatekeepers never get censored. And it's difficult to compete when you're not being funded passively, then you have to aggressively try to recruit subscribers or build some sort of a business around it. And that's their competitive edge. Money is, um, you know, it's the mother's milk of politics, you know. Of it, course. It, come on, man. Come on, come on. That's, it's a joke. It's a joke. That's what scares me because it's like, it's just, we're almost just about China. It's, I mean, but we're not too far from Australia and China. Like, it's right in the pocket. 
pipeline. They're just trying to figure it out. I'm just hoping that our diversity, see, we got a lot of diversity. So, you know, that's what always keeps it. And then people tend to fall into the, you know, they come over here. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But right now, I just feel like the way they were, they were just, I hate how we just accepted that we're not allowed to hear. I'm too, man. I really miss that, man. You used to learn on YouTube, man. Oh, yeah, because he was also talking about the alphabet, and we were talking about that. Like, all those old alphabet videos, that was, like, the first thing they took, man. I, I swear. But it's all right, though. I don't know, man. It's no, you're right. right about this. The, YouTube used to be a bunch of think tanks, like what we have here, and you could stay up all night listening to groups of people talking, ideas being discussed, and they just wiped it out because people were talking about things that they didn't want discussed, and they turned YouTube into mainstream. That was like two and a half years ago, and we've never had that level of activity again. They burned it. It started a while. It started longer than that ago, but two and a half years ago when it was literally like now you're basically just going to come up with like 95%. I don't even know, man. I don't even look for nothing else right now because I just like the audience here, mine. So... You know, yeah, well, I, I'm glad you called in. Yeah, by all means, this think tank's always going to be open. We, we're always going to be what it is. It's not an echo chamber. We're always taking in new information. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm learning, exactly, and then when they ban your video, it's like, oh, you never stop learning. And then they, they don't like that, man. They don't like Well, it's cool if you're learning how to replace windows or install a dishwasher but it's not cool if you're learning how bad you're getting fucked by your handler and your government they don't like that man you know and then like you said no yo you know i miss him too i'm glad that he came i've got to hear him talk yeah in fact he's in chat well hey i got another caller coming in thanks again for the call and uh call back anytime thank you man i miss y'all love y'all you already know do your thing awesome infinite plane radio Hey, Tim, it's got your back, Bear. Um, might be on a little bit of lag, but I'm hearing your last caller. Are you still on the line with him? Okay, just just um, terminated that call. And, yes, this is a caller um, who's a longtime listener, and uh, he was first calling in about the, the mud flood. He's very critical of that. And also, of course, um, the religiosity was something he's very critical of because on this channel, of course, we have often discussed religion in the context of mass media and mind control but anyway uh right uh, what what piqued your interest today what piqued my interest was uh the last time that we spoke we were talking about a little bit of the ancient architecture and you know who necessarily built these things and that there's no fireplaces in these buildings and such and so forth um i'm not sure if you'll be able to see it but i just dropped a late well hold on, it's not a link but you'll be able to type it in yourself there um it's uap channel ancient technology um here we go. There we go. I just dropped it there. I'm not sure if you'll be able to see it, but uh, it's UAP channel electric. Can you help me out with that word? I got, I got it. Word I got it. A, and one thing I yeah, want to add right. here is that if this mud flood theory is true, it, it all presupposes that you have a group of uh, parasites dedicated to hiding the truth. And so what you're drawing attention to is the idea of uh, what is it the the fireplaces and 
What I've seen these before. The, what is the, the what buildings? Is the, the, the buildings themselves, you know, not just necessarily that they didn't have fireplaces, but just the buildings themselves. Um, you know, I'm I'm still fishing through the whole mud flood theory, so I can't necessarily stand by it and I can't necessarily deny it. But what I'm thinking is that something happened. That, you know, I, I don't know exactly if mud, you know, flowed or whatever have you, but there definitely was people that were capable of building things back in the day that we are not capable of building today. And those people have seemed to disappear. The last time that we spoke, you encouraged me to watch the remainder of the video, um, the five-hour video of the lost knowledge of the flat earth. Yes, Awar, uh, Iwar Anon, who, uh, yeah, he kind of takes it as this mud flood thing is some kind of cataclysm brought about by the, the movement of our not our solar system, but of the the sun, moon, and the central pole. Uh, that's what he... I, I took your advice. I took your advice. I, I, I watched the remainder of that video, and I'm glad that you actually inspired me to, to finish it. Wow. I mean, holy moly. I mean, a whole different realm of possibilities opens up once you shift the placement of the North Pole and you actually see the original clock and that it's possibly been altered and how it actually could have worked back in the day. Um, that... You know, we could be in an era, I'm not saying when, but we could be in an era where we could be slowly moving to, you know, different lands, just like possibly what had happened back in the day with um, the lost history of the flat earth, you know, the, the basically the spawning of human beings into the Freemasonry, you know, we were talking about last time. I mean, they call themselves Freemasons. I mean, were these just buildings that they inherited? Yes. Yeah, so for people who aren't familiar with this Ewar Anon and... Uh, his, this channel basically what he he came up with this idea or he kind of put together synthesized a few things and what it suggests is this that our so-called north pole is actually on a circuit and it's tracing a circle that goes along with the procession of the equinoxes and so every 2000 and some years we're in a different sign and along with being a different sign since the center is moving the sun and the moon and the circle they make over the flat plane in this theory also moves so with that shifting comes new lands opened up other lands closed off so it does kind of suggest that part of living on this plane would be periodic uh, cataclysmic changes with every age and i find this to be really interesting considering that we just entered into a new age and i'm wondering uh, you know is this something that they could explain away as climate change global warming the polar shift or something like that but it is interesting, right? right? The, yeah, it's absolutely interesting. I was really interested in the, a caller that you had a little while ago that was referencing Bible verses and stating that they're not necessarily referring to animals. They're actually referring to zodiac signs. Do you remember that caller? Oh, yes, yes, I do. In fact, um, I, have a, an inter I did an interview with Micah Dank, who wrote a, uh, some fiction books on it, where he went into detail about the, the signs and what they mean. But yeah, go ahead and uh, uh, continue. Yeah. Yeah, what I was trying to say was, um, now, I'm not very, I, I do feel as though in my heart that I am a Christian, but, you know, in biblical writings, doesn't, don't they say something along the lines of, you know, Satan will be released and rule the realm for 2,000 or some odd years? Now, wouldn't that correspond with the lost history of the flat earth and, a, and entering into a new cycle and then possibly you know, Christ coming again, us going into a new land, a, a rebirth of uh, humanity, you know, you understand what I'm saying? It, it actually would. Um, I had a, a talk with 
Commander Lou a few days ago, and, and he seems to think there's something to the mud flood idea in that um, there already was some type of a, a big wipeout, and we're just kind of um, the amnesiac leftovers who don't know what was before. And that's the part that I find most interesting, because if you look at how most people are spellbound by the media, um, they don't know what happened uh, 10 years ago, except what they've been told. So we don't know what happened a couple hundred years ago with any real certainty. So this idea that the human race is on some type of a land with that goes through these periodic changes and that the elite would know doesn't surprise me. And, and this also explains to me, I think, I mean, this would also explain their obsession with climate change and blaming man. Because if there are changes that occur, I don't know if seasonally is the word, but if you have changes that you know are coming and you're able to blame your political enemies for their use of fossil fuels or whatever, um, they would have no way to deny it. You know, you're a prophet. You're calling in advance. The oceans are going to rise. But maybe it's just the fact that they know something. Absolutely. I, I feel as though that, uh, that there's a big correlation between um, – I'm not sure if you've ever heard it before. I'm sure you have. Everybody has. But the, the words in the Bible will be changed. It kind of explained the whole Mandela effect coming to rise. It kind of explained, you know, global warming, you know, such and so forth. But um, why wouldn't the, like, this is me speaking to the last caller. With all due respect, sir, I really appreciate your call. That's what inspired me to call. No disrespect. Like I said last time I called, I'm not here to say that I know the truth. I'm not here to say that I'm wrong. I'm just here to keep the, keep the conversation going, the think tank. You, you understand what I'm saying? Oh, yes, definitely. But um, the way that I feel is that maybe some of the words in the scripture have been changed to rewrite the story to where it can be like the the zodiac signs are in the Bible. The last uh, the, when you had that interview with that gentleman, Mike, um, that that Lucifer will reign for two thousand years, and then the pole sh- the, the 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 realm shifts to new land, and then you know with new life comes you know Jesus is born again. You know he comes you know, and then we're we're transferred into new lands, and there's a whole new beginning of life. Um, that's that's kind of the way that I'm leaning right now. What's to tell us that what the video five hours of the lost uh, the lost history of Earth um, that this wasn't filled with ice? Where like where we're standing today wasn't filled with ice before, and that that could possibly be like they rec- they say they say mud flood. Well, what happens when a ton of fucking ice melts? I mean, it's gonna going to contaminate the soil it's going to become like slush you know so when the new arrivals come to the new land there's going to be a lot of things to shovel away right it would have it would have the appearance of an ice age and so what what's being described with this eur anon is that you essentially have a roving heat source being the sun and everything else goes into dark and so basically it would explain what appears to be uh just periodic cycles like the argument over global warming did man cause it or is this part of a broader cycle and this would suggest that yes we're definitely on a broader cycle but it's much worse than just global warming our sun is literally going away and it might have the appearance of the earth falling away from the sun if you're not following it and i think if you followed it to the new lands it would be consistent with this idea of a new age of um you know I got to well, well, biblically speaking, because I know that that guy was like really just you know he wasn't he wasn't too happy with uh, the people that necessarily like you know follow Christ and believe him to be true. The last time that we spoke, I remember I told you a little bit of my story, and 
you know, I was, you know, I, I, I must tell you once again, my friend, there was a lot of uh, a spiritual wickedness coming my way. I had one of the worst days in my entire life. I mean, I couldn't even look my wife in the eyes. I went into my room and I just threw my hands up in the air. I had no idea what to do. You know, I was running my own business, but it, at every turn of my day, I was being bombarded by, you know, I'd go to the store and the part wouldn't be there. And, you know, I mean, you know the, it, it, it was I, I, trying to keep the, very, the story very short, but for I, the I know what you caller, mean. I, the, want, the word I, want, I, yeah, I want him to know that that night when I came outside to have a smoke and I was here alone, I, you know, Jesus came to me and he showed me the true love of God, you know, so I don't want, you know, I don't want that to be discounted, you know, and I feel as though that if we can really sift through this, especially with the five-hour documentary on the lost history, that there is possibly a cycle that runs through, and if, if that necessarily does happen, and the Bible has been, re, has been rewritten by the people that want to, you know, be ahead of the crowd holding the flag saying, hey, look, we told you, hey, look, we told you. I mean, like you said before, wouldn't it be so convenient if they actually knew how this cycle works? But, you know, the, 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 the second coming of the sun. Now, wouldn't that be us going into new lands, finding the sun again? It could, could very well be. I kind of think that the new age, like as my interpretation of the new age movement, especially if you read what the Thelemites believe, it's about the age of Mars, who they worship as Horus, the child, an androgen, no less. But um, the, the last caller is bringing this up. When you say um, that you met Jesus, um, see, that's, that's your belief, and there's no way anybody can dispute an individual's experience. People have their own experiences, um, and then people have a—you have to make a distinction between that and, of course, the religions and going with the big religion. But um, when you right. say that— um, no, but no way. There's no way anybody else could say that they know that to be true. They can know that you believe it, but there's that line between belief and knowledge that requires some kind of um, evidence, and this world requires that, you know, in order for something to be admissible in the court of right. reality. And so there's this natural, I think, or this normal agnosticism and skepticism. So when you say you experience that, did did he appear as in a book? Did he use that name, or was it more of a like something you couldn't there was put into no words. there was no words spoke this is how it this is how it happened to him i'm not going to no no pulling punches here because like i said I'm, I'm here for the think tank i'm here for the truth this is what happened to me i was standing outside of my front porch and behind me i felt this presence and the presence reached out with his left hand and placed his left hand on my right shoulder at that moment in i, I didn't like turn around and like see him I want you to understand this was not like a visual thing. This is not, you know, I didn't like see Jesus, but, but it was, it was, I don't even know how to explain it. God says he's the voiceless voice. Like all thoughts are evil, you know, um, you know, pray without ceasing, you know, all thoughts are not your own. They are them, you know, the, the words of the devil. So God comes to you in a voiceless voice. So when I was standing outside having a cigarette, just feeling so defeated in life, Tim, I mean, I, I need, to, I need to, you to understand this, to please understand that, you know, my entire life was falling apart. There was, there was I, I, I saw no reason to continue doing what I do. I mean, I'm great with my hands. I'm a handyman by trade. I've been a roofer in Las Vegas for 17 years before I actually opened up my own handyman business. But my hands stopped working, Tim. Like, it would take me 20 minutes to change out a sink drain. That would be, a, it's a five-minute job. It just seemed like 
everything was just it, the, the smallest, just taking a nut and trying to thread it onto a screw, reaching around the sink. It was like, I mean, what is going on? It was just um, so I, 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 you know, don't really want to get into a whole lot of details, but that that series progressed for, I would say, four months. And, and finally, I went to a job and I was installing screens on a window and I measured the screen and I cut the metal and go to go downstairs to make the screen and I came up and I went to go put it in and it was too big. So I went back downstairs and I cut it again and I came back up and it was too big. So I went back down and, 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 and I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, I can't believe this. What the fuck is going on? So I, I just, I, I, after four or five months, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, just going to install screens in a window in a condo. I lost my shit, Tim. I came back home and I was like, obviously, my hands don't work anymore. Obviously, something is attacking me to where I'm stopping my progression. And that's what, that's what opened me up to the truth community. That's the day that I actually woke up. It was August 9th of 2018 was the day that it happened. And like I said, I didn't see Jesus as a figure standing in front of me. I felt the presence behind me. He reached out his left hand and put it on my right shoulder, and Tim, I was edified. He showed me God, that I was filled with so much love. I mean, I was defeated at that moment in time, but now I see the truth, and I see that, that we're, we're, we're here for a reason. We're here to push through this. We're here to stop what's happening. I mean, nonviolent resistance, you know what I mean? But, you know, I feel as though protests don't work. I feel as though violence doesn't work, but... Somehow, some way, something's going to come through, and it's going to give us an avenue to where we're going to be able to shut this down. It's going to get way worse before it gets better, but we just have to stand strong. Well, I appreciate you sharing that because you know people have, like I said, they have their experiences. And uh, like some commenter here says, uh, Michael says, we can't question one's experiences, only their interpretation of it. And yeah, I've always been interested in mystical experiences and people having premonitions, um, uh, higher forms of knowledge, channeling, all that stuff has always been of great interest to me and I don't discount it. I've had intuitions that have led me to things that made, that convinced me that there's some sort of uh, intelligent guidance here uh, for people who can pick it up, but I don't have any way of proving it so I rarely even talk about it, even though I would bet money on it because it's always been right. My, I'm talking about my intuition or th this... Um, other form of knowledge right I mean, it, 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 it's a voiceless intuition it's just it's something that comes to you and you say well let me go down this avenue and then something's revealed to you that's what i'm talking about about it being a voiceless voice it's just like a push in a direction where you're like hmm let me let me explore that and then something is shown to you where you're like i knew it i knew it but if you weren't to explore that feeling if you weren't to explore that then, then you wouldn't have found it you understand what i'm saying yeah there's a dialogue there there's a, a, a dialogue between, uh, you know, the intuition and the message and receiving the message. And I, I think that's, I, and I don't conflate it with any particular religious path, you know, but I, I do think that a lot of uh, religions do kind of have this opening here. Guardian angels, uh, uh, intermediary spirits. There are various explanations for this phenomenon. And so, yeah, I don't exactly know what to make of it. I've had these things. I've had these instances. I don't know if it's, I couldn't tell you if it was Jesus or the devil. I'm just saying that there's something out there that um, I believe shows that consciousness isn't a byproduct of the, the wetware in your skull, that it transcends the body. Right. 
and that we're not alone. Yeah, and here. I just want to let you know that it was it was so true to me that day that that happened. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm 38 years old, and I had no kids at the time. I had absolutely zero children. But when that happened to me, me and my wife are now the proud family of two boys. I have my my uh, I have a one and a half year old. His name's Conrad. I have a four month old. His name is Holden. You know, got you know there, he because I was under the impression a long time ago before I actually woke up that there was no reason to bring any other child into this world because it was so broken. I could see the writing on the wall. I was like, I'm not going to bring a kid into this world. Look at how fucked up it is. But as soon as that happened to me, now I have two sons. Very, very interesting. So life-changing, uh, transformed your worldview and, and, and fundamentally altered your expectations. And, and that's why I don't discount these things. One of the, the hallmarks of a genuine uh, mystical spiritual experience is it's like a divine intervention and it tends to change people. So, uh, you know, yeah. appreciate it. It's changed, it's changed the, yeah, it's changed the trajectory of my life. And, uh, you know, I be, and like I said, all due respect to the last caller, you know, like I said, we just need to keep this think tank going. And I just want to let everybody know, I, don't, I, I know this is going to sound so contradicting, but I have no other way to explain it because of the English language. But I label myself as a Christian just because that's what I know of. But I want everybody to know, whoever their God is, I, I feel as though that it's, that it's that one intelligent being, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, whoever, whatever you call them. It's it's all the same. It's all the same person. It's I mean, it's all the same entity. It's all the same. It's all the same power. It's all the same source. You know, that you know they pray pray to Allah. We pray to Jesus and God. You know, um, you know, Muhammad, peace be upon him. Jesus, the you know they they you know they say that Jesus is a uh, you know a man, but you know also a prophet and peace be upon him. You know, I feel as though that it's all the same person. It's just the diversity of the different cultures which labels him. Or, or the, the, the intelligence that's above us, I feel as though that through that is how he's mislabeled, which automatically creates diversity from the gate. Interesting take on it. Um, I mean, there are people who will very much disagree with any sort of conflating of the two, uh, Jesus and Muhammad, uh, because they are radically different in certain ways. I find Muhammad oh, no, no, interesting. No, 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 let me correct. I, I apologize. No, let I me know. correct myself. I, didn't, I wasn't comparing Jesus and Muhammad. I'm just saying, you know, Muhammad was a prophet that was sent by Allah. Allah is God, not Jesus and Muhammad being the same person. Right, God right, and right. Allah being the same entity. Yeah, and so Muhammad's in the cave. He's illiterate. And then the Holy Spirit or, or the angel Gabriel comes to him, and then he dictates a book. And I think that's a very fascinating story in itself. You have this angel showing up, and he dictates a book. Uh, that's a very common theme with religions, where you have somebody goes off somewhere, and they interact with some higher being who gives them the real story. Like the, like Joseph Smith from the Mormons runs out into the woods. He finds the frogs, and they lead him to a, a hole in the ground where he finds the Book of Mormon. And I'm like, wow, very similar creation stories here. Aleister Crowley went to Egypt and had his revelation. Very common story all around, these, these dictated... Or whole, going, or going to the top of the mountain and coming down with the Ten Commandments. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same shtick, you know, but we got to figure out, we, I, you know, we have to come together somehow. We have to figure out exactly what's going on. These are very, uh, these are very common, you know, as you just said. So I feel as though that there's a little bit of a... There's a little bit of... What's the word I'm looking for? There's, um, there's something that connects all these dots that we're missing. Yeah, that's, that's what I find interesting is I, I looked at various religious traditions and I try to find the common denominators, the common template and structure. 
And that's one of the reasons why, when I looked at the space program, I thought, wait a minute, this isn't science. This isn't making man multiplanetary. This is mystery Babylon dressed up like science. It's an old religion. And they name all their rockets after dead sun gods for a reason. So I've been looking at all the different religions of the world, and I happen to think now the main religion is scientism combined with elements of all these other religions that people will agree with. For example, I think, you know, the virus is sin that gave us a new flood myth and our new heaven is outer space. But, you know, ultimately, I think this is a one size fits all religion that everyone's going to basically worship science and whatever authority they bring forth. But this time, it's not going to be from a prophet who got a book in a cave somewhere. It's going to be AI. It's going to be some computer program or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel the way that I feel is though is that there's this is an ancient religion that they've uncovered that they're trying to bring back into reality and that it doesn't necessarily jive with the spells that they've casted over all of us for so long. So they want to revert back to a technology or a religion that they found and instill that upon us. I think they're kind of finished with the uh the triune god, if you know what I mean, the trinity and different things like that. Very interesting. Well, hey, I appreciate your call very much and we're going to keep this think tank going. I tell everybody it's easier to remember. Just go to infiniteplane.info, uh, infiniteplane.society, uh, society.com. It doesn't matter which of these sites. They always take you to the latest archives, Odyssey, so we're no longer censorable. And uh, it's only going to get, I think, we're only going to proliferate more in the future. Um, other channels may get censored because they want to play by the rules of one platform or another, but I refuse to do that. So appreciate you calling and, and commenting on the previous caller's um, statements there so we can hear some different sides of things. Nothing but love for you guys. Thanks for everything you do, Tim. I really enjoy the show. Awesome. Thanks again. All right. Let us continue with uh, Infinite Plane Sunday. So I had a list of topics I was, I was bringing up just because August last year was such a, a mess. You know, we had Kenosha. It ended with the shooting of the prayer patriot, J. Aaron Danielson, which I, I guarantee that's going to be in the news again. The one-year anniversary, he was shot in the chest at 8.46 p.m. 8.46, think George Floyd, think 9-11, first tower hit, 8.46. These are symbolic events, and that was a ritual. I watched it live. It was a ritual simulated killing, as was the killing of the shooter. But it fits into the bigger story. That was at the end of the month of August last year. Uh, last August, we had Mamba Week. We had the death of... Chadwick Boseman, Mr. 42. We had the 57th anniversary of the MLK, I Have a Dream speech. A lot of things were happening, as you recall. You should recall last August, and I don't expect any less. Uh, Trump's event was last night. His, his friend, the pillow guy, maintains that they're going to flip the election and Trump's going to be the president by January 2021. So they pushed that back a little bit. Few other updates. Owen Schroyer's going to jail on Monday. Uh, the psyop with the guy in the truck that was going to blow up DC, it fell flat on its face. I don't think anybody bought it. In fact, false flag was trending. Now, this is nice. I have to play a clip. Tucker Carlson is uh, commenting on the FBI and how they're basically how Owen Shore is going to be charged, but he's commenting on how the FBI had agents all over the insurrection, the so-called insurrection. And this is true. 
So as a rule, federal law enforcement agencies like the FBI are not in the business of exonerating people. That is definitely not their job. Their job is to investigate crimes, gather evidence, and provide that evidence to prosecutors. That's how our criminal justice system works. You are innocent until proven guilty. That's the whole point. So the FBI doesn't declare you innocent. That's the assumption we all get from the beginning. Okay, so he's talking about how these people who are caught up in the event are being unfairly detained and all of that. But the main point is this. Of these militia groups, they are, um, all of them, they're, they're all pretty much saturated, led by, instigated by FBI agents. And so because of this, it's not fair that people who are more or less innocent bystanders should be treated like they were somehow involved in staging something. And even now, Reuters put out a piece admitting that there isn't anything there to say this thing was staged in advance. Maybe of these militia groups that were more closely organized. But there was no grand scheme with Roger Stone and Alex Jones and all of these people to storm the Capitol and take hostages. Therefore, don't expect any more charges for conspiracy or sedition or anything like that. Huh? What is this? So there you have it. And Owen Schroyer tomorrow goes in. We'll find out if he calls the whole thing a hoax or not. Ashley Babbitt's not dead. I mean, if I was being charged in connection with some event where somebody supposedly died, um, I would call it out as a hoax. And that just hasn't happened. Now, i got to play this. This is a clip. There's a montage that Trump's defense attorney put together of Democrats using the word fight in their rhetoric. It's 12 minutes long. I'm not going to play it all, but I specifically wanted to focus on Senator Warren, Elizabeth Warren. Her name, War, you know, Warren, really seems to fit here. And I just want to play a couple minutes from this montage. I'm here to fight back because we will not forget. <clears throat> we do not want to forget. We will use that vision to make sure that we fight harder, we fight tougher, and we fight more passionately for than ever. We still have a fight on our hands. Fight hard for the changes Americans are demanding. Get in the fight to winning the fight. Fight fighting, please fighting. We use every tool possible to fight for this change. We'll fight, we'll fight, to fight fighting hard. Serious about fighting and fight. We gotta get on our front button, fight back. Problems, we call them out and we fight. Now it's 12 minutes of fight, 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 fight. And they've really just uh, laid in there. And I think it's all more or less hypnotism. I think the repetition is what gives it power. A, a little bit more, you just gotta hear it because they're doing this strategically. And I believe it's because the Democrats like to position themselves as underdogs fighting a power. Stand up and keep fighting. We have to fight, we're gonna fight, we're gonna fight. We need to fight, 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 and we need to fight. We're gonna fight, we got a few more fights. We're gonna take the privilege of a few more fights and we have the biggest fight of all. I will never stop fighting. I will fight like hell to fight back against anyone. We need to say loud and clear that we are ready to fight. So the bare knuckles fight. Now they're going to have to actually fight back against people. The fight has to be conducted. It's so important that we need to fight. Fight that fight. We have been fighting. I was fighting very hard. Time is of the essence, both in terms of the fight. I think we should be fighting. Well, I, I really... Well, you get the idea. And it goes on for 12 minutes. I sped it up a little bit. It's hard to listen to the whole thing, but they, they really drill it in. Fight, fight, fight. And then her name behind her, it's, it's like Warren. It's big war behind her. And she's just up there advocating for fighting. All right, let us continue. So many great stories to go through today. Uh, oh, by the way, Caesars Entertainment is welcoming a QAnon conference to Vegas. 
So by the end of next week, we should hear more about the QAnoner that killed his children in California. Stories full of holes, no pun intended. It's fake. I can't wait to see what they what they dream up next. Uh, they're suggesting that he was trying to kill reptilians, which isn't even a QAnon thing. Infinite Plane Radio. Hey, guys. Man, I just wanted to call in real quick and say I was watching that old show from the 90s, Family Matters, with my kids. All of a sudden, I hear uh, the Boston Bomber comes on as a character. And this show is from, I think, 1993, this episode came on. So that's a little predictive programming for you. Wait, wait, what was the name of the show again? Family Matters. With Carl okay. was the cop. and. Uh, Steve Urkel, you know Urkel. Oh, yes, um, absolutely. Yeah, Did so I, that show, I, I yeah, check it, it out. It, it comes right up if you Google it. Great. Check it out, man. I'm going to keep listening. Awesome. Thanks for the find. Appreciate it. Okay, so what he found, and this is from the TV show Family Matters with Urkel. Boom is the first episode of season three. And that's always important when you look at these uh, uh, incidents of predictive programming. Look at the season number. The episode number. It's, it's usually pretty significant. So this episode was aired on September 20th, 1991. The plot, Urkel makes friends with an orangutan who's doomed to a life of scientific experimentation. Meanwhile, Carl, that's the cop, tries to defuse a bomb hidden in a treadmill and it's booby-trapped by a revenge seeker named the Boston Bomber. Very interesting. Now, the Boston Bomber, uh, Joker is his name. I mean, his name is uh, Jokar Zarnef, the Zarnef brothers. A couple of things about the Boston Bomber worth noticing. One, his name sounds like Joker, and they actually called him the Joker. So here's an example. From the Boston Herald, stop pampering the Joker, Zarnef. And by pampering, they, they probably mean... Stop treating him like a movie star. If you remember, he was on the cover of Rolling Stone. And he looked like they were he looked like Jim Morrison or something. But they were kind of turning him into a bit of a, a rock star. Here's Rolling Stone, the Boston Bomber. But the Joker element is important here because this movie had a strong Batman tie-in. Uh, both in the execution of the drill, but also there's some, some predictive programming from the Batman movies. And the Joker represents chaos. Batman represents order. And order out of chaos is the motto of the 33rd degree of this cult. They put their signatures all over these operations, but they always control the patsies, the Jokers. And I don't even believe this person's actually who he says, or who the news media says he is. I think he actually made another appearance. There was another shooting. Yeah, Chattanooga, Tennessee. You had a shooting up at a National Guard recruiting station. And you got to look at this character. He looks exactly like the Boston Bomber with a fake mole on his cheek. I'm pretty sure it's the same guy. But anyway, the Joker thing is, is kind of uh, noteworthy. You'll see that a lot with these psyops. Remember the Joker shooter in Aurora? Another Batman connection there. Restless Bear says Rolling Stone cover equals clown world. 
Red Dragon says, will Biden survive? Yeah, I think they're phasing him out. I think that's pretty obvious now. I think that was already. I think that was that was already kind of in a script here. And the tie-ins with the psyops and the movies go deep. You can find connections with the Batman movies to the various authors and directors. It's it's actually a, a rabbit trail worth digging into to understand that there's no meaningful separation between the news media and the entertainment. You, you just conflate all these things. It's all coming from the same source and steering you in the same direction. So look at this picture of Elon Musk with his rocket in hand. Now look at this picture of Werner von Braun, rocket in hand. Von Braun wrote a book called Mars, A Technical Tale, about a guy who would colonize Mars, called the Elon. Here's Elon about to colonize Mars in a couple years, right out of a book. There are many connections in movies and comic books to Elon Musk, connecting him to Iron Man, to Mars colonization. He's even been connected to Willy Wonka. The Iron Man connection is the one that I find the most um, unbelievable. Tony Stark. Supposedly, Robert Downey Jr. needed to play Iron Man, so he studied Elon Musk to do it better. Well, if you look at the classical symbolism, uh, iron is a metal associated with Mars. This is occultism. This is basic Kabbalah 101. Just like Saturn, you got lead. Sun is gold. You know, every one of these celestial bodies, they have these associations. So Mars is associated with iron in the color red. You got Iron Man. The whole thing is just symbolic. It's ritual. He's out of the storybook, and he looks exactly like Von Braun, which makes me wonder, you know, could that be his father? Does anybody else here think that Werner Von Braun is the father of Elon Musk? They had a moment like Luke confronting Darth Vader or something. Uh, we've talked about the inflatable plane, the decoy. You can find many examples of what it should have that it doesn't have. And there are many indications that this was a PSYOP, especially the numbers. If you just look at the numbers, the fact that you have 9-11 bodies falling uh, and we're so close to the 20th anniversary of 9-11 should tell you everything you need to know. There are no coincidences. I hear something someone sent me. This is from a subway in New York. So you look up and it has these emojis showing you how man in the future will interact. Because now you're all robots. You don't have mouths. So better, you have individuals talking with masks on. Best, your hands are occupied. You're not talking to anybody. You're in your own space and you're staring down at your phone. It's all just conditioning. People are like hive insects now. Ryler05 says, Biden goes out, Kamala gets in. Perhaps a staged death hoax. Yeah, I thought so. I kind of think that they overstate his, his mental decline, that he's overacting. Maybe they're drugging him. But whatever it is, I, I think it's all intentional so that they have an excuse to push him out. I think that was always that was always the uh, the plan. Did anybody doubt that? Does anybody think you I mean that's it's it's clearly it. 
check this one out. I just, I looked at this article. I saw a headline. It said, troubled pro, it's a poker player. Uh, this troubled professional poker player, Matt Marafiotti commits suicide amid Illuminati fears. So I saw a story, Illuminati fears. I saw the initials MM. And this is just pattern recognition. I don't do numerology. I don't know about how it all works. I just look at patterns. And I'm like, let me guess. Um, he's a 33-year-old. Because none of these stories are anything other than just stories. And it turns out that, yes, the 33-year-old jumped off his building because he thought the Illuminati were out to get him. Pro poker player ends life at 33 amid Illuminati fears. I don't 100% know what to make of it, but it's just one of these strange patterns. You know, last year, if you look at the second week of uh, July, like July 13th, there were three famous 33-year-olds. A poker player who was found burned and chopped up. Naya Rivera drowned, 33. And then you had that CEO with the green hair who was dismembered in his own apartment. A bunch of 33-year-olds turning up dead on the same day. Seventh anniversary of another Glee actor dying. I mean... Ritual sacrifices happening everywhere. Are they actually dying? Well, you can, you know, you can investigate that for yourself. I mean, that's an interesting question. But the point is, uh, these are ritualistic exits from the world stage. I don't know if this is true. Uh, Marina Abramovich, seventy-three-year-old, spirit cooker for the Hollywood cannibal elite, was Michael Maxwell. Robert Maxwell's son. Robert Maxwell Massad was also Ghislaine Maxwell's father. So Michael becomes Marina and fathers Stefani Germanata, who we know as Lady Gaga, which means that Lady Gaga is Ghislaine Maxwell's niece. Anyway, uh, shallow gene pool at the top of the Illuminati dung heap. This wouldn't surprise me at all. Again, talking about predictive programming, Lady Gaga saying the inauguration for the hologram in chief, uh, Biden, wearing a dove with the olive branch in its mouth on her chest, the symbol of the post-flood. That's Noah's symbol, symbol of the reset. She's dressed up like somebody out of the Hunger Games. And if you look at the Hunger Games, there's all kinds of Phoenix symbolism all over it. In fact, you even have the Mockingjay, which... It doesn't have a olive branch in its mouth, but it's got an arrow, and it's openly a phoenix. It's burning, whereas the dove is sort of a subliminal phoenix because it looks all peaceful, but it happens after the world has been destroyed, flooded, so it's like a phoenix. Uh, something else I wanted to bring up, names. There was the name Coleman. So last night, the Trump rally was in a place called Coleman, Alabama. And that name stood out to me because back in March, on March 30th, there's an individual named Benjamin Orion Coleman who burned three Masonic lodges down, just one after another. And I thought the name Coleman was kind of odd. Well, the killer in California, his last name is Coleman. I'm not sure what the connection is here yet, although he explained that the name Coleman means dove. The guy who killed his kids actually said that the name Coleman means dove. So there may be a connection here. And then finally, they're in Coleman, Alabama. 
it may or may not mean something, but the last time, when, when Trump started his tour, it was at the Turning Point Action event in Phoenix. So Turning Point, that phrase, really ties in, if you ask me, to the Turner Diaries. That's why I said you're going to see some Turner Diaries characters coming out, like the guy that was threatening to bomb the Capitol. It's right out of the Turner Diaries. So I'm just looking at engineered uh, narratives, psyops that are being prepared for, that are being staged in advance in the minds of the public. So, you know, it's pretty obvious to me that I think these names, these signs, these symbols, if you know what you're looking at, can kind of tell you where they're heading with this thing. So it wasn't a coincidence, you know, the timing of this, uh, this event in California, the killing with the recount, with the audit the vote. Not a coincidence that Trump's at a rally and you have a guy in D.C. who's claiming that he wants Biden back in office or he's going to blow it all up. No coincidences. I'm going to go through a couple links here. Uh, Murder Hornets in Seattle. I think that's the one. Murder Hornets are back. Uh, someone sent this to me. Officer Fanone, Fanon, the crisis actor over there at the Capitol. It, it does seem like, and they try to deny this, it does seem like he's the same guy that was holding a Confederate flag six months before. Wouldn't surprise me. Now, another thing is, the guy who was going to bomb the Capitol actually looks like a crisis actor who's been spotted at four other locations. Once as a doctor, trying to get people to mask up. Another time as a fireman who caught COVID after going to Florida, where nobody was wearing masks except for him. And then he also shows up as, a, as an army basic trainee who doesn't want to get vaxxed. So in other words, uh, very busy, very busy actor here. Going through some comments. Frog King says, tattoo on the neck. Oh yeah, fake tattoos are very easy to do, especially today. Yeah, phones are open if anybody has anything else to add. I'm going through these links. I'm trying to ca play catch up. Like this, this whole week's going to be very interesting, so definitely stay subscribed if you're not subscribed. Someone pointed out that there's a Noah's Ark in Antarctica, and I found it. It's the Global Seed Vault. It's in a remote Arctic island, so it's not in Antarctica, but it is called the Noah's Ark. Now, I was mentioning the Ark in the context of the modern flood myth, which is global warming related, which is, of course, your carbon footprint. It's a replacement for sin and wickedness, the wickedness of the day. I didn't get time to look into this, but I am going to spend some time on it. Klaus Schwab and his secret Vatican connection. I'll put a link in the chat. You can find all these links if you go to fakeworld.news. It may be worth looking into, especially considering that Darth Schwab is our dear leader over there at the World Economic Forum 666. I mean, that is in their logo, and it's not a coincidence. Everything about world government has the 666 branding on it. And there's various reasons why. Hey, I found this article. I just had to bring it up. New Zealand's Ardern. This is their prime minister, Prime Minister Ding Dong. Back in November, she said she was going to, quote, crack on with her new cabinet. 
Like, this has got to be another inside joke, right? Like, this has to be. A video surfaces of her smoking crack. She's talking about cracking on. Pretty sure it's a joke. I think it's a joke, too, that we have released the Kraken associated with the election fraud. And the guy who's breaking it down is an admitted former crack addict. So we have a crack addict releasing the Kraken. Don't think that's a coincidence. And I think that the crack represents the crack in the dam, of course. In fact, I could show you something really quick before we go here. Last year, back in June or July, the National Hockey League put out a trailer that was 1 minute and 13 seconds long. And the trailer is called Meet the Seattle Kraken, July 23rd. So I immediately noted here the length of it, 113 in Seattle. Well, predictive programming in the movies, in the news, points at 9-11 quite a lot. You can find many, many examples that 9-11 was foreshadowed. Well, there has been a great deal of foreshadowing about Seattle and the numbers 311 or 113. So last year, when I see this Seattle Kraken trailer come up and it's 1 minute and 13 seconds, it had my attention. So this release the Kraken meme regarding the election uh, didn't happen until several months later. But there was already this meme being put out there in a very, uh, you sort of would call predictive programming, setting the stage. It also involves apparently EMP, some type of possibly even a, an offshore nuke, a tsunami, something hitting Seattle. But anyway, I was already looking at the Kraken as a meme being put out there. So fast forward here to right now where we have the crack smoker. And the crack in the dam. The dam, of course, is the election. The crack, it's the doubt. And they're trying to cause the dam to break. So he comes out with his 37 terabytes. And he says his event's going to be bigger than Elvis 73. And this is deep subtext. And so I think it's important to notice this stuff. Like on the day of Lionsgate, which is all about the alignment of the stars of Orion's belt with Leo, and the sun, this is all just this astrotheological cult at work. On the day of Lionsgate, he's talking about his symposium. I'm talking about Mike Lindell. And he's in front of a mural that has Jesus and a lion and the sun. The sun is in back. Then you have the crown of thorns. And then you have a lion. So Leo, Christ, and thorns, corona, crown, and then the sun. And the crowns on the mural were actually touching Mike's head in the image. I don't think that's a coincidence given the significance of that date and Lionsgate and the Leo. So then when he says that it's going to be bigger than Elvis 73 and it's 37 terabytes, you can actually find a little bit of code here if you ask me. With Elvis you get EL and it all ties in. The 37 terabytes, well 37, you could look at that as EL. If you were to change the 3 to an E, the 7 into an L. So you have Elvis, 73, 37. Three references to L, whatever the hell that means. And then there's more, because when you look into the symbolism of events like uh, the Challenger exploding, that explodes at 73 seconds. 73 again, your EL reference, but 73 is 1 minute 
and 13 seconds. So still in here, when you say 73 or L or 37, you still do have a way of referencing that particular date, 113. The significance of that date is hard to overstate. That's the date that the One World Trade Tower was opened, 113. And that was the tower that replaced the Twin Towers, the 33-year-old towers that they pooled. Originally, or that they detonated, they controlled, demoed. Originally, the replacement tower, and Trump was actually a part of this plan, was going to be called the World Trade Center Phoenix. Would have been too obvious. The whole thing is encoded with ritualistic symbolism within the architecture, the dates, the time. Those are just a couple of things. I'm just suggesting here that this story with Mike Lindell, as laughable as it may be, I think it's kind of a satire. I think a lot of what we see on the world stage is satire, and I, I, I think that the, the subtext, the coded language, um, it's, it's out there and they're open to be interpreted, but overall, I see a lot of very, very bad jokes. Going through some comments here. Uh, let's see. Uh, Adaptivia says, do you think there'll be an event for 9-11? Right, good, good, uh, good question. Now, last 9-11 was the 19th anniversary. And on the 19th anniversary of 9-11, Derek Chauvin had a hearing. And at 8.46 a.m. that morning, people were in front of their homes waving flags for 9-11 because it started at 8.46. Meanwhile, George Floyd's legal team were all wearing 8.46 on their masks. I mean, they always play out these rituals on these dates, but you can see how these numbers were overlapping and they were from two different rituals and what's more you can find many examples connecting the floyd killing to 9-11 you can even find in look rodney king hit in the head for one minute 19 seconds i think the batons contacted him 33 times and you can find this in wikipedia a very precise reporting and it's because these numbers are meaningful very coded Oh, by the way, not, not a surprise here, but we were supposed to get hit by an asteroid this weekend, a 4,500-foot-wide asteroid. NASA was wrong again. My question is, how can they be correct 100% of the time when it comes to landing probes on asteroids 200 million miles away? Oh, there's a comet out there. Let's go put an iPhone on it. It'll tweet us back. And they always hit. They can send a picture of the Earth from a billion miles away and we get the signal so obviously they are perfect in their aim they can reach anything at any distance that's how precise they are but when it comes to these predictions of the incoming they're always wrong and there must be an explanation for that I don't know what it is yet someone can clue us in All right, going through some comments. Someone says, shout out to Garrow. Oh, yes. Elvis Presley and, and Donald Trump have a lot of interesting symbolic relationships uh, you could look into. Uh, Trump himself. Look, if you don't believe in predictive programming or world stage characters that are lifetime actors, uh, you have no better example uh, to look at than Donald Trump himself. Uh, he is someone who appears to have been written for the role that he's living same goes for Elon Musk. 
You can find predictive programming hinting at Trump uh, back in 1958, 58 years before his inauguration. By the way, the number 58 follows Trump around pretty heavily. You know he's got a 58-story tower. Uh, the number 58 surrounds him much like the number 77, 777. It's ridiculous. And it just kind of indicates that, like with Musk, uh, a certain number of coincidences pile up and it kind of tells you something. And one more thing. Uh, Trump claims that he saw the second plane hit the building. So what are you going to make of that? Pandering or crisis acting? You know, some people don't want to admit that their favorite characters are characters. And, you know, they're not exactly uh, uh, heroes if they're playing according to the script, and especially when their, their very actions are more or less predictable. All right, I want to go ahead and turn this over to the 24-7 stream. Thanks uh, to all the calls. Appreciate it. And the chat, as always. And if you go to infiniteplanesociety.com, you will always be able to get the most recent live streams, uncensored. YouTube will censor us, but you know, at this point, uh, it doesn't matter. We have so many redundancies. In fact, last week, I lost two channels back-to-back. -back. Night number one for bullying, because some guy said that Bill Gates' wife had an Adam's apple. And they said it was bullying. A caller said it. The next night, a caller said that his girlfriend caught, quote, vax aids from somebody who was vaccinated. So they shut down two channels back to back. Well, within four hours, we had three channels spawned. I mean, this is like a Hydra. And by the time those channels come back, these new channels will have several hundred subscribers. So, you know, they can't win. It's a losing battle. This is, this is a... It's a Hydra with, I think we have about 30, 33 heads right now. Anyway, thanks for joining. This is Chief Crow and the Flat Earthworms Auto Hoax. I highly recommend it.
they're afraid that the sky is falling. Speak Panga or die. Time to hijack mass media narration, inject the real into all their creation. Go full rattle and don't max it. Auto hooks for life, it's an axe shit. Keep your constant black wash and handoozle, blah blah, for your fucking 